everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Just Defender Podcast. Wellsy's back in town. Holy shit. Holy I have fuck. been on hiatus here, folks. Even had to have a sub last week, had to pull a guy up from the fucking miners, and here we are. Big Shit. big thank you to to John who came out and and helped us out with the quick pull up from the musty mites. We know it was just, it was a morning call up. Yeah, well, he you know, he played better than the regular host uh <laughs> Chance Watson. <laughs> you know, I I wasn't going to say anything. <coughs> he was uh, he was definitely the stats man on that one. I did give him a call and said, "Hey, you know, I'm looking to get rid of Chance and you're next up, bub." Dude, you can't you can't get rid of me. No no other no other team will take my bloated contract. All right, Corey Perry. I, I am I am the Nicholas Cronwall of this podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, it did sound good, but I definitely liked the job security. Yeah. <laughs> for myself. You know, I had a great time listening to you two scrubs, but man. <laughs> I don't gotta worry about my job. You gotta take this one on the that r- I don't solo. Pay, that I pay money. To work <laughs> yeah. at. My 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 uh, my overweighted uh, salary is zero zero yeah. for zero years. No, it was good. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I felt great about it. Okay. Well, All right. Well, no, that's good shit. Thanks, uh-huh. to, thanks to John for that. Um, you got to work on your shit. I'm like I'm. I listened to you yeah. without me for the first time, and I was pretty worried. Oh, yeah, was it rough? <laughs> no, I only listened to like 15 minutes. <laughs> busy. That's why I didn't do it. That's, That's good, because the whole last end of the show is like uh, me and John organizing a new contract to get rid of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't you tell I didn't... I didn't, uh, I didn't put the code word on the Facebook. I, didn't we, I was going to say, we also... That, so. We also let everybody know on the Facebook, but you haven't checked that, so. Hey, I looked at it before this. Ah, perfect. All right, that's good. So I know what I know what you posted for the last three days. It's been it's been trade stuff, man. Uh, surprisingly, nothing from from Seattle though. What's what's up with that? Yeah, they were a little quiet at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really thought that they would make a push for twenty twenty three, but they didn't make. Dude, there were some trades with fucking. I'm looking at 2020 draft picks right now, so I mean, holy shit! They're getting, they're getting, they're, they're, they I was, I was getting, they're building up. Okay, they're building up. They got, they're in a rebuild year, and I think if you just get one or two good picks, like they can make a run at it in three years. I did see them trade for Bob the concession stand man. Oh well, yeah, everybody. That's a huge pickup though. Bob is a veteran in the league, and. I think honestly, he he has a lot to bring to that team. He pours great pretzel cheese <laughs> cups. He's the best. He is. He is truly the. Did, uh, wait, did didn't they take him from Vancouver? I hope so. He's, <laughs> whenever we play Vancouver, he's definitely going to be front of the lines. No, no, I got it. I got it. Yeah, I got it on concession DB here. He was so he was in Vancouver. Initially, he was traded from Vancouver. He came from Ottawa, and Vancouver got him for what's? Is that a, a bag of popcorn? Probably fucking nothing, dude. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking trades, and it's coming from Ottawa, they probably got him for like an ice chest. They gave him a er- bottle opener. Yeah, they gave him their best. Pro- it was it was a it was a pick, 
a pick. <laughs> got got it got him for a pick, pick and a prospect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably prospect. Yeah, since Bob's since we know Ottawa makes good trades. Bob's Bob's son sent it. Bob's son as well. Oh, cripes. All right. Well, yeah. So Not much from Seattle though, huh? They didn't. No, I. Uh, they've been very quiet. Uh, jokes aside, been very quiet through the deadline. Uh, obviously, no news coming out of there. Focuses on everybody else. So, I think what we should do is move into our special deadline episode. We're on. Gosh, are, are we on episode twelve now? <sighs> I don't know. I took pretty much a month off. Yeah. So you. I mean, you're. It's in your mind. It's like episode eight, but. So I'm rejuvenated though. Perfect, perfect. Coming, really coming into it. Great. You're like, uh, you're like Milan Luki coming back into his prime. Yeah. After two assists in eight games. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> someone needs. Someone needs to get the secondary assist on a empty netter. <laughs> <laughs> then the GM will be Luki. GM comes out. Ah, oh, he's rejuvenated. You can see it. The the youthful bounds and the how his nose just cuts through the air. Ugh. Ugh. He does have a beak, though, doesn't he? God, he does. He digs for worms with that thing. <laughs> I think he could. Jesus. I think he could. Get dirt stuck up in there. Oh, Christ. All right. Gross. Let's 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 get to it. We've got a lot of trade stuff to talk about here. So much. Fucking stoked. Okay, so... Uh, for those who were listening to the last episode, we got right up to the Charlie Coyle trade for Ryan Donato. But we, I guess, uh, fuck it, we can start there. Let's let's start there. We'll talk about we'll talk about that real quick. We'll hear about your thoughts. Um, Coyle Coyle obviously going back to Boston. I'm sure he's happy about that. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it sounds like a decent pick in my mind. Both guys have been doing okay since they got there. I it's just it's one of those where both teams were ready to move on and hope for the best and see if those guys can live a better life. And uh <clears throat> you know what? Coil Coil they just couldn't find a spot for and Donato just didn't really click on the second line there in Boston. So in my opinion that's a good one for one. That's a that's a hopefully both those guys can kind of reinvent themselves and uh come up kind of make make a name for themselves in their new cities so i'm i'm all for that one i love yeah. one for ones if they work out good Not. hockey tra- i think there was a draft pick involved too but uh yeah Bru- uh, bruins acquire forward charlie coyle from minnesota for forward ryan donato and a 2019 conditional fifth round pick so not a huge deal but so um, minnesota oh minnesota did get it another so they got fifth, fifth yeah round. yeah okay for ryan okay. donato yeah and you know what ryan donato i think with that i mean with the emergence of jake uh, DeBrusque, I think that that trade was necessary because that that has been a, especially early on in this year, Boston's been struggling with like a heavy first line, not as bad as like Colorado, but their first line was really pulling the load there for a while, and now I think with that second line with Krejci finally coming alive, they're they'll probably be happy with this trade. Well, and Coyle adds some size, so I mean, you know. Bacchus, Bacchus is a big boy, yep. but he's older. I mean, he's a little bit slower. He doesn't really have that youth you know, yeah. that the NHL is going with right now. So, <clears throat> yeah, bringing in Coyle, Kazoom tight. Uh, bringing in Coyle where 
he's he's just got a little bit of that size, but he's also young. I mean, he's got some fresh legs. Yep. Um, yeah, that's a good that's a good pickup. I think. Uh, I mean, I, you know, when I, when it happened, I thought that Boston won the trade because I think Coyle's actually a better player than Donato. Mm-hmm. Um, but Donato walks in to Minnesota and wins the OD, he wins it in OT. Um, I don't know if that was that yesterday. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. But anyways, he picked up a big goal, so um, it's just a good hockey trade. Yep. It's just good. It's good all around. I love I it. Like it. Good for both teams. All right, so that was February 20th. Now we're moving on to February 21st, and we'll head up from there. So the only trade on February 21st was Washington Capitals acquire forward Carl Haglin from the Los Angeles Kings for a 2019 third-round pick and a 2020 conditional sixth-round pick. Wellesie, thoughts? Mm, I I like this move from the cap standpoint. This isn't – I mean, that's the thing is the Caps for so many years were just making these big splashes, right? They're bringing in Shattenkirk. They're bringing in big names. Um, now, I mean, they're they're on the bandwagon of bringing in bottom six dudes, which that's what wins you fucking championships. And Depth. Carl Haglund's got speed. Um, he's got some experience in the playoffs. He, I think, has a cup. Doesn't he have a cup with Pittsburgh? Yeah, he's got a cup, I think. So, I mean, you know – you just you're reloading for a third round pick, you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. you're shoring up the bottom six for a third round pick. That's a easy that's a easy one for me. That's well, and all I day. And, and I like this from the Los Angeles perspective. Like they're yeah. they're one of the very yeah. they're one of the very few teams that you know at this point is pretty much over it. Like they they know that they're done. Like yeah, you even you've got some desperate teams like Florida and stuff that probably aren't, but they're still trying. Whereas, right, exactly. So, I mean, again, trying, but probably not. Whereas the Kings have pretty much accepted it and they know it. Um, I, I mean, a third round pick and a 2020 conditional sixth, like, I, I mean, if I'm LA, I'm building up some picks. In fact, I probably would have gotten rid of quick, but we can, we can talk about in post game. Don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's, it's yeah. not a bad, it's not a bad one either way. I think the caps are going to benefit from this. I think, I think they think that they're a shoe in for a repeat. I don't, I don't know about that, but they certainly think they do. And Carl Haglund's got a pedigree. Uh, he can certainly get it done, and it certainly couldn't hurt because they've been slightly inconsistent. So, uh, the only thing the Caps for me, they actually need a little defensive depth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I mean, you know, it's, it's never going to hurt. And for all I know, they were trying to get some defensive depth and just couldn't pull the trigger on somebody. They should have tried to get Mike Green again. I should have tried to get Mike Green. God, what a reunion that would have been, huh? That would have been a great reunion. Um, but yeah, Carl Haglund's a good, good one. Um, third round pick. They're not, they're not losing out. I mean, rarely do we see someone from anywhere below the two you know the first two rounds that are that fucking good right i mean you know you know play the odds on that so um you know make the make the push carl Haglund's good he's he's a good penalty killer um i like it i like it from both sides i think la could definitely use a third round pick yep you know i think it's a good thing all right moving on that was the only one on the 21st moving to the 22nd the first one and the biggest one of the day Columbus Blue Jackets acquire forward Matt Duchesne, defenseman Julius Bergman 
from Ottawa Senators. For yeah. f- What's that? Did I get that wrong? I don't know. It's, who is that? Nobody you, knows. Julius. Okay, yeah. So, orange Julius? Julius. Uh, yeah, who gets... Fuck it. Forwards, <laughs> Vitali Abramov and Jonathan Davidson. 2019 or 2020 first round pick uh, and a conditional first round pick. Hmm. So... I, I'll take the lead on this one. Okay. I think getting Matt Duchesne is huge for the Columbus Blue Jackets. I also, I mean, so let's, we'll get to the two Blue Jackets trades before we get it. We won't do recap. We'll just talk about the, the trade in, in a nutshell. Um, I think Duchesne helps that team out a lot. They were having problems with Alex Wenberg not performing. Duchesne comes in and firms up that you know that second to first line center do i think that this tra- i mean it's it columbus did not get a deal on this like this is probably i mean i almost depending on how Deshane does they could have even overpaid on this a little bit but that being said i don't think matt Deshane is is not the real deal and uh I, I think it could help. Uh, I'm not very familiar with the with the prospects that went the other way to Ottawa. Uh, the the little recap that I saw was positive. It sounded like it sounded like they had a lot of promise that was coming up. And I mean, fuck, uh, 2019 or 2020 first round pick and a conditional first round pick. So, I mean, that's I, I think Oof, I saw that's a lot of future. That's a lot. I mean, so we'll get we'll get to the we'll get to that later. We'll get we'll get to the Columbus Blue Jackets in a grander sense later on. So, all right, what do you think about this? Um, Duchesne's worth it. Yeah. Uh, so for so for Columbus, this is what they've been needing. Yep. They've been needing this big, you know, this center who like Duchesne himself has shown this year that he can put a fucking team on his back with one other dude. Oh yeah. Um. And I think Columbus has that in, in even Atkinson. So if they were to have lost Panarin, you know, before they brought in Duchesne or even after they brought in Duchesne, right. I think those two still could have carried a team. Agreed. Um, they still have Panarin. Yep. You know, and they even brought in someone else that we'll talk about later. Um, it, this is this is huge. This it's is a, huge it's, for me. I just, it's a big deal. I, the only, That's the a only big deal. And they could have – go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. The only thing I worry about is two first round picks. Like two. They they for one have with Duchesne now, <clears throat> they have three dudes that are probably leaving in free agency. Like I as a as the Columbus Blue Jackets GM would hope that those three guys would get together and like go out for a night drinking and go, Hey fuck, we should just stay here. Who gives here. a shit? But let's so let's um, let's go let's move on through the initial trade and then we'll we, so we can just get to the Blue Jackets because I I want to talk about their futures and whatnot. Okay. Uh, okay. I I do think with two first round picks, even even though it's conditional, it could I think I think the condition was like it can turn into a second yeah or something like that. Um, that's a fucking that's a no brainer for Ottawa. That's the, that's the only good one that they fucking did. Ottawa. Yep. I Don't agree. Give me, uh, I we'll agree. get to Ottawa too. Fuck Ottawa. Yep. Okay, Jokes. February 22nd, also on that day, the Florida Panthers acquired forward Vincent Praplan from San Jose Sharks for future considerations. Now, 
I'm going to say this. For I love I love that term future considerations. Like like we don't we hate this guy so much that we don't we can't even think of something that's worth at the moment. Give it so, to him. So let's just you just you owe us one. Like next next time we all go out for drinking, you buy the first round kind of thing. That's pretty much like literally the Panthers just traded San Jose the first round of beers. Yeah. Literally that's that's, that's, that's Future and considerations. Vincent, Vincent's sitting there, and he's like, "Damn, <laughs> this is not good." Got traded. But he's Vincent like, Vincent hopefully has a degree because he needs to go do something else. Like, like nod. That's not good. Nod to the nod to the the biggest hockey podcast of the mall, Spit and Chicklets. Like Ryan Whitney, at least he can talk shit. He's like, "Yeah, Chris Kunitz, I was traded for him, and then and then they got the cup." Like, at least you can say, "Like, all right, I was traded for you know Chris Kunitz at in his prime." What? What can you say? Right, me personally, I <laughs> yeah. fucking nothing. I wasn't I wasn't <laughs> traded for anything. I fucking was benched for an empty space a couple times. Well, I I hope I benched you a couple times. You didn't. You didn't bench me. You weren't there. God damn it! You, you were never. <laughs> we played like you Bro. played like four games, and every single one we did, you we had like. We had like eight players, so no one could get benched. Oh, great! <laughs> God, that's brutal. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, this this one's pointless. This is the most point. Like we should have just said, and Florida Panthers acquired somebody, and <laughs> Washington Capitals acquired Spencer Nick. Yeah. Uh, okay, so <laughs> that one's so pointless. Washington Capitals, uh, thanks for alluding to that. Uh, Washington Capitals acquired defenseman Nick Jensen and a 2019 fifth-round pick from the Detroit Red Wings for defenseman Madison Bowie and a 2020 Bowie. second. Bowie. Bowie. I think, like I think. All right. Well, I would I, I would think them, it was David. I heard the Caps call one game. All right. Well, we'll call it we'll call it we'll call it Bowie then. And a 2020 second-round pick. What do you what do you got on this? You start. Um, I don't know Nick Jensen. Oh, I guess I should start so, then. I mean, I yeah, you're you're kind of the Nick Jensen as a as fan a club maybe as a Red Wings fan. Uh, <laughs> Nick Jensen, Nick Jensen really struggled to keep in the lineup. Uh, I I think he's a fine depth defenseman, and that's what he got traded for essentially. Um, he's not. I mean, he's not gonna. He's not gonna. He's not going to excite. He's kind of there. I, at at first, there was kind of a hope that he might take on an, an offensive defenseman role, but that quickly mm-hmm. faded. Uh, you know what? This I is mean, for he's. Me? What's up? This this trade is this trade is the Capitals seeing something in Bowie and not wanting to pay him in a couple years. Probably, yeah. And so they'd rather just get something that they can like maybe use now. Yeah. Um, you know that same thing with the twenty twenty second round pick is like, you know, it's it's at this point it's not really a like money dump, but it's a money dump in you know one to two years. It's a it's a future it's a future move to ensure that they can still keep paying some of their i don't i don't know i mean if you start thinking about it it's hard to it's hard to think about because they're so good at the moment but washington is getting older so except for koozie yeah koozie's fine but olvi oshi yeah 
you know, not not Carlson's not. still young. Holtby's still young. That's true. Yeah, so maybe they got the um, future there. Yeah, they they still got some future. I just I think so. Watching Madison Bowie play, he he's actually a pretty good defenseman. So, in my opinion, the Red Wings actually win this because I watching Madison Bowie for a couple games. He's he's actually a good player. So I I personally I think this is the Capitals going okay in one to two years. No way we're gonna pay him what he might develop into because we just don't have the fucking cap space. Whereas and whereas I, Jensen for, is cap. Yeah, go ahead. Nick Jensen is probably at his ceiling mm-hmm. right now. You know what I mean? Like exactly. I, I don't even fucking barely even know this dude. So it, he's always been a depth defenseman on Detroit. Right. So I mean, you can turn around whenever his contract's up and be like, "Yo, let's be real here. Like, yep. do you want to play in the AHL or do you want to get paid like right five thousand bucks? Right. You know I mean, like, so uh, yeah. For me, that's what this is. Um, and and Wings win this by a mile. I mean, this is Madison Bowie. I think is actually pretty good. And then you still get a second round pick. It's not bad. Awesome. Yeah, that's and, fucking I mean, awesome. That's a good and trade. A team, and they're a team that's rebuilding, so it works. Yep. No, I'm I'm all for that. Wings, that's a good one. <clears throat> all right, let's move on to February 23rd. Things start getting interesting. Uh, we're getting getting closer to actual trade deadline day, so we'll we'll kind of move through these, especially on the on the no name ones. Uh, February 23rd, Dallas Stars acquire. Oh wait, I skipped one. Sorry, I skipped a few. Fucking a. 23rd, Dallas Stars acquire defenseman Ben Lovejoy from the New Jersey Devils for defenseman Connor Carrick and a 2019 third-round draft pick. Hmm. I I like Ben Lovejoy. So he was he was with the Ducks for a little bit, so I followed him for a while. Okay. Um he just he just battles. I mean, he's he's a good depth defenseman. Um he's been in the league for a while. He's seen some playoff games. Mm-hmm. I don't know who Connor Carrick is. I mean, he could be the next fucking thing I could. <laughs> I think I can someone else I I, that I didn't know. I think I can click on his um, name here. Hold on. Yeah, I don't want to. Connor I don't. Carrick. I don't want to, and it be hashtag nutsack again. <laughs> Five eleven. What? Yeah. Uh, in in his NH, he's played one hundred and eighty two games in the NHL. He has ten goals and twenty six assists. Was he with Toronto? Uh, that Carrick name sounds. Okay, really so he started. He started in Washington. Traded to Toronto, yep, for three seasons, and then Dallas and okay. now New Jersey. Okay. Um, yeah, Ben Lovejoy, that's a good one. Uh, Dallas made some moves on the 23rd, which we'll get to it. One of them didn't – man, just unfortunate. Very but, unfortunate. Yeah, this is a okay, good, we'll, good depth D. We'll scoop forward. All right, Columbus Blue Jackets acquire forward Ryan Dezingle and a 2019 seventh-round draft pick from the Ottawa Senators for forward Anthony Duclair. 2020 second round draft pick and a 2021 second round draft pick. Yeah, uh, this is a move. This is a this is a familiarity move. Mm-hmm. So Columbus had already taken Duchesne. Um, Ottawa wanted something else for Dezingle. You know they they wanted. Uh, did didn't he come? He came over in the shark <coughs> trade, didn't he? Duclair. No, Dezingle. Oh, I think so. Perhaps. Nah, uh, uh, I think that was Timo Meyer. Oh, yeah, I think you might be right. Meyer. I don't know if it was Dezingle. Anyways, 
he's got 44 points in 57 games. I mean, this this kid's only 26, so I mean, he could just click somewhere in Columbus it, and it throws up yeah, the I mean, it, it gives you so many options now up front. Like, do, I mean, you've got the familiarity with Deshane and Dezingle. I'm sure yeah. I'm sure Kekalainen was looking at that when he made the trade. He's like these guys have a lot of chemistry. Um I mean, it wouldn't make sense to not put them on the same line. Yeah. I mean, at this point, um, what do you do? You just make an, you just make the entire second line revolve around these two guys and plug in, I don't know, somebody that can skate with them. Well, looking at looking at Dubois' ice time, the like even the first game that Duchesne was in. Yeah. I just it's decreasing. So I mean, they're for me, they're they're looking at Duchesne as that top line center, and I think even yep. last game they had. Ah, see, I just want to talk about Columbus all day. I know, um, I know. Well, well, when we're when we when we get all the Columbus okay. trades, we'll talk into Let's it. Let's talk about this trade real quick. Okay, um, so Dezingle's a great ad. I think it's going to help out the team tremendously. I mean, it, yep. it's it's. I mean, it it puts them on the map now. They are no longer like Deshane puts them in contention. Dezingle Dezingle makes them scary. Dezingle makes them three lines deep. Yep. Yeah, you know I, mean, what I mean, yeah, like, you could. They already had a second line technically that was clicking pretty good. Yep. Um, with like Josh Anderson, um, Boone Jenner. Yep. You know they they had a good second line that was clicking. Those guys just moved down to the third line. Yep. And you, I mean, you're you're pretty stacked three lines through. So, um, and Bobrovsky just he was like, oh well, you're not going to trade me. Okay, well here's two shutouts back to back days. It's yeah. Like, so, okay, like what a. We'll get to. Okay, we'll no, get to. We, okay, we'll All get right, to. Clem- we'll, so, hold on, Anthony. Anthony Duclair. Uh, it was very obvious that Torts did not like this guy. Um, I no, think that he does. He doesn't work. I don't think. Uh, well, in the words hard. of, in the words of Tortorella, he doesn't listen. Yeah, I, I can see that. Like it's. That's I, why I the mean, Rangers moved him. He's showed. He's showed that the dude has raw skill, but. I, I somebody put it best that in the NHL you have to I mean you're a role player everybody there are very few mm-hmm. people in the league that have the raw skill and talent and hockey sense to just you know run and gun you know Malkin Crosby these guys these guys the coaches don't mind them taking offensive risks because they know that if they fuck up they'll get back and try to help or it's or it's they'll minimize the fuck up whereas Duclair doesn't, and I mean we've we've seen it. You know, there's lots of guys that come out of juniors and AHL and whatnot and think that they're they get into the league and they start thinking they're going to wheel everybody and put up you know 50 points. But the NHL is about playing both ends, and it's just uh, I, I mean I've watched the guy play; he's got skill. But I, I mean, if especially <laughs> if <you're laughs> any coach is going to get pissed, and if you don't listen to Torts, like you're you're. You're toast. You're fucked. You're fucking toast. He's gonna tell the media you shit your pants. Oh God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. Th- this. Yeah. Declare. Declare is scary for me because, um. You know he's he's a project. You know he's just he's he's the he's a coach's dream until they actually get to know him and then he's a fucking nightmare. I mean, people and thought that about Evander Kane for a while racist that's it's not <laughs> racist it was fucking 
I I think Duclair is the poor man's Kane. I think Kane's actually fucking. He's got he's got the skill. Um, Duclair is good. Agreed. But oh, totally. Here, agree. Here's here's the thing. There's a select number of players in the league, maybe one or two on each team, uh-huh. that can look a head coach in square in the eye and say, "You're wrong, and I'm gonna go prove you wrong, and I'm gonna score fucking three goals this game." Right. 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 And I feel like Duclair has that attitude. As yep. a top 300 player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he hasn't yeah. done anything. He's not, he's, to this point <laughs> in his career, he's not any good. Yep. Right? You know what I mean? No, like, I, he just doesn't have the accolades to look at a head coach and go, that's not what I'm going to do because I know better than you. Right. Okay? And, he, and, and, and for, and, but I mean, that's the thing. You know, he's, he's not going to go to Ottawa and, be a top line dude and go like become Sidney Crosby. I don't think he's that good. Well, you know, so and if he was in I the just, same, I don't know. It's all about doing. it's all about serving a role in the NHL. Like, it, it, I mean, there are reasons why there are defensemen and bottom six guys that are kept in the league when they score like one goal a year. It's because they serve a role. And Anthony Duclair. I mean, when you just when you try to fit into a role that's clearly not going to work. I, I, I'm not saying that there's not, you know, guys out there that are f- for scorers, but it's in the NHL it's so more broken down than that. Like we I've mentioned him a couple times on this podcast, but Michael Grabner, who I, might actually be coming back with with Coyotes by the way. Um Ugh, I hope his eyes not giant. Yeah, here's I can't here's, believe that, dude. Dude, He's poor poor Grabby, poor Grabby. Um anyways, keep gr- going. Grabby was literally had for a little while there he had one job he would crew he would just follow around and stalk the top defenseman in the defensive zone grabby would yep. make sure he gets in front of the shot he takes it he takes it to the knees goes past the d-man grabby is arguably one of the fastest players in the league and he was off to the races and would score breakaways all day grabby wouldn't all fucking day like that was i mean that was just what he what, did too and Two, two, three years ago, that's all he did. Like, you would see a Grabner highlight, and it's he's on a breakaway. Always. Always. He, I mean, I mean, he played with the Rangers a little bit, and he was with Vancouver. He's bounced around a lot because that, he plays a, a, he plays a specific role. That's what he does. Yep. And when he stops doing that, he's no longer useful. Or if your team doesn't need that. Like, if you, I mean, Grabby is one of the best penalty killers because oh, yeah. he scores on these penalty kills. I think I think it was I could be wrong on this, I might have to check it, but when he was with the Rangers, Grabby had the most shorthanded goals in the league. I mean, he before he got hurt this year, the Coyotes penalty kill was fucking lighting it up yeah. because of Grabner. I mean, he just fell into that role. So, my problem with Duclair in in my problem in this trade in general is that I, I don't know what the Senators think of him, so I have this bad feeling that they think they can fix his problem. Well, according and to I, according to Uber, no one listens to their coach, so... Uh, <laughs> fuck, that, <laughs> fuck that Uber driver, dude. <laughs> dude, that guy Anyways, is... I, and, yeah, it could only happen at Ottawa. That guy is at least 100 bucks richer now. Good for him. <laughs> Taj, probably. God, probably. Most likely. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with Duclair. The, the, the biggest problem I see is if they think he's a second-line dude, he comes in there, he plays a second-line role. Well, in two years when you've drafted all these draft picks and they're way better than you, you get moved down to a third-line role, and here we are again. He's probably going to be in the AHL. He's probably going to be in the ECHL because, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, he's good, but... If you can't listen to a coach, you're you're. I mean, you're not going to make it. And he just got traded to the team in the NHL. That's, I mean, clearly in the midst of a full-on rebuild. Well, and and that's probably his only benefit. But all that's going to do is give him another two years in the league. That's that's. I mean, we're basically seeing him just kind of expand his career two more years because he went to a team who doesn't have anybody that's better than him on the second line. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So um, the, the other thing with this trade in general is you already traded your 2020 first-round pick, I think. Yep. Right? So you, you – you, like Columbus is basically saying, like, if we don't go win a cup this year, we're fucked for the next 10 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, yeah. I, but, I know. I we mean, gotta... so, you know, I – I still think Columbus actually won this trade. Okay, how about we get to um, we'll get to the last Columbus right. trade and then we can talk about Columbus. God, can we just now like no. Zuccarello? Yeah, that's cool. Like good trade, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, can we just talk about Columbus like we do Toronto every fucking? Yes, we can. Minutes? We totally can. God damn it! I'm so I'm so happy that we're not talking about Toronto because uh, they didn't do shit. Oh, they did do a trade, but oh, I'm looking at it right in here. That's not a big wow. deal. What a beauty! Um, all right, Zuccarello, you want me to go on this one? Go for it. Dallas Stars acquire forward Matt Zuccarello from New York Rangers for conditional 2019 second round draft pick and conditional 2020 third round draft pick. Um, I did like what you posted on the Facebook page about Lundy commenting on this trade. Oh yeah, ah, oh, that's a fucking. That hurts. It hurts. Your I'm soul, not crying. Man. You're crying. Dude. Yeah. Like holy god, dude. Like um, that's King Lundquist right there. Like that's the most handsome man in the fucking league, and he's crying. And it's like, dude, I can't. Fucking Swedes, man. Oh. That's why I'm so handsome. I got like ten percent Swede. In right. Yeah, Goddamn Viking. Jeez. Yeah, I was fucking pillaging villages before I was even born. Fucking hanga danga dargan. Dicker Lundicafist. I told, well, we had talked previously. Mm. Zuccarello was going to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, the dude's actually good. He's just, he was prior to this push for like speed. And, like, size didn't actually matter in the NHL. He he was there. He, I mean, he kind of came up right after St. Louis, learned from St. Louis for a little bit. Um, this kid's good. Yep. And this, so. is, this is actually a big move by Dallas. Yes, they're giving up a second round. Yes, they're giving up a third round next year. Yes, he's um, hurt for four weeks. Yes, he's hurt for four weeks. God. Yeah, I had a, I had a fucking buddy who was at the game, and he texted me and, it 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 happened to be that Roto World beat him to it, but like not by much. And he texted me, and it's just a fucking photo of Zooks like all wrapped up. Fuck. And I was like, fuck. 
Like, yeah, if I'm if I'm like, Dallas, like you needed that like as oh, contrary to what the sucks. fucking GM said, uh, the the top three guys are pretty much the only reason why Dallas is doing well at the moment. Oh yeah, it's not it's not Jason Spezza adding in that that tertiary scoring of one goal every fifteen games. Hey, that's pretty good odds, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think Justin Abelkader has got more fucking goals. Good for him. Good for him. Good for him. Him and his five million dollars. Uh, I I love Zooks. I love watching him play. He's a fucking beauty. Um, yeah, tough. So tough break. So for those who didn't follow it, he scored a goal and an assist in about fourteen minutes of play in his first game in a Dallas jersey, and got hurt. Broke his you think arm. That, you think that? Uh, you think this is going to affect? Our listeners in Alba, Texas. Uh, we'll get to that later, but what up, Alba, Texas? Alba, Texas. We've Just been fucking repping. Been, we've been using the power of technology to stalk our listeners, <laughs> and we we have learned that our top listener base is in Alba. It's somewhere in Texas. It's somewhere in Texas. We still don't know where Alba, so, Texas is, but so, shout out. What up? What up? What's going on? I've never been to Texas. I appreciate the hell out of you, though. Um, oh shit! I've been to a couple places in Texas. Maybe, maybe uh, we'll still be a Seattle-based podcast, but maybe we, when when you guys take the when you guys take the Arizona Coyotes to Houston, we'll uh, maybe give a shout out to some of them. Hey, I was at the Doan retirement game. Yeah, there's some fans here, dude. I'll tell you what. All right, there's still some fans here. We'll we'll see. Gary we'll Bettman. See. Uh, Gary Bettman was getting booed pretty good, but. That's expected at this point. Yeah, it'd be weirder if they cheered for him. Yeah. All right. Um, are we on to the 24th now? Yeah. That's just, yeah. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. It makes me sad. You want to, you don't want to, you don't want to hear about the Los Angeles Kings acquiring forward Spencer Watson from Chicago in order for Matheson Lacopelli? Is that an L or is that an I? I think it's an L? No, it's Iacapelli. That's an I. You're right. Holy shit. That's what I'm saying, dude. Yeah, I think it have it would have like a little, like a little leg on it if it was an L. Whatever. Yeah, Capelli and Spencer Watson. That's a that's a combination of me and our me and our buddy. Spencer Watson would be a decent hockey player, I think. I actually, I think that. Both Spencer Watson and Matheson Iacopelli were traded for Vincent Praplin. <laughs> but, but they just didn't add that in there because it literally doesn't fucking matter. Well, I'm surprised there's not future considerations in this. <laughs> for Iacopelli? Oh my god, do I need to Google and ask Google how to say his name? Iacopelli. Okay. Ichabod. Ichabod Crane. Uh-huh. Okay. Ichapelli. Nobody gives a shit. Anyways, right. doesn't matter. It's fucking garbage. Speaking Next. of which, uh, speaking of uh, more garbage, the Toronto Maple Leafs acquired forward Nicholas Baptiste <laughs> from the National Predators for future for considerations. What? Yeah, there we so, go. God. God damn. I, that was, that's a big trade, though. For future considerations. So, <laughs> acquire. So, Nashville, like, in the future, they'll be like, hey, Send us down some 
gravy fries. You're like, what? <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't. The, I, I honestly like an don't. Blowjob? Like, I just, how do you I write that know. in a contract? Like, like an official thing? Like, we're going to give you <laughs> this guy. And then they're like, future considerate. Like, is like, is that an accompanied with a wink? They're like, you know what we mean. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I see that escort, you old fuck. Ugh. I don't know. I don't think future. you even put that in a contract. I think it's just, it's just a good nature thing. They could. They might as well just put forward Nicholas Baptiste for whatever. For whatever happens in twenty twenty five. What? Whatever <laughs> for robot whatever. player twenty thirty zero boop boop beep beep whatever like, works <laughs> like whatever Edge, works I, for you did you did you catch up on Letterkenny no god damn it all right never mind wait what season am I in um, I think three oh no I might be on four now okay all right all right. There's uh, one, there's one later on where the McMurrays they try to they try to get everybody into their swingers club. <laughs> Bonnie McMurray. Oh, Bonnie we McMurray. Just, we just watched the one where uh it's like Halloween or something so she's like coming out of the fucking bar. Yep. Yep. She keeps coming out of the bar and they're like Bonnie McMurray. Wayne's just all fucking you going to go sell cookies? How are you now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like calling it as it is. Oh, hey Bonnie, how are you uh <laughs> Going on your mission to fucking Nicaragua? Yeah, so shit. Yeah. Of course. Have a good time. God damn it. No, there's, there's one where the McMurrays later on, they they want to try to get them to join in their little swingers club. And when each one figures it out, they walk outside and sit on the patio. And they try to tell the other one that they're they're into uh, the lifestyle. <laughs> uh, the McMurrays are actually, like... I don't know, like, in the first season, yeah, McMurray was like, he was like, okay. And then they just brought in Mrs. McMurray and just made the whole fucking show. Gotta have those cocksucking gin and tonics. <laughs> yeah. She, like, they, like, walk up and they start talking about something. She just goes, yeah. What kind of booze you got that, back there? Get that kind of cock, <laughs> get those cocksucking gin and tonics. That's all I gotta say. Cocksucking gin and tonics? That's all okay. I gotta say. Yeah, let me get one of those. Go. <laughs> go for one of those so anyway what so whatever i'm saying for the future considerations i'm just thinking i'm just sitting here like the lifestyle it, it doesn't matter it's literally doesn't nothing matter because i mean you know well and maybe you know maybe they needed to add that to a couple more of these trades because some of these trades today especially were fucking garbage yeah that's to okay. where like they should have said future considerations because at least that would have put into words why it was such a joke the last one on the 24th we've got buffalo sabers acquired defenseman brandon montour from the anaheim ducks for defenseman brendan gooley and a 2019 first round pick um i mean montour is a he's a 40 points guy tops jesus is he worth a first first round pick uh yes so he that's the thing is like that's the thing like a 40 point dude with a pretty decent contract. I mean do I think the Ducks 
No, I mean, really? This is this is pretty even. Um, you know, as as the trade deadline actually stopped today, like as it went on and on, uh, this mm-hmm. trade became more and more lopsided because obviously first round picks were something that nobody wanted to give up. Nope. Um, but everybody wants so, a I shot mean, at this, Mr. Hughes. Yeah, well, Ducks are in full blown fucking shit show mode. So <laughs> I mean, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna pick Jack Hughes first, guaranteed. Fucking trash. I think my, Anyways, I think my red this trade this trade's good. Guess. I think I think Buffalo actually gets a pretty damn good defenseman. So they yep. have. You know, they have three pretty good fucking D there. And they yep. have an 18-year-old kid who could potentially be the next Carlson. And they also have someone who can play with Montour and be even a 60-point defenseman in, in Ristolainen. So, um, yeah, this, this even though it's a first-round pick for the Sabres, they basically just shored up their D for the next three years at least, you know. Yep. Um, and I have no problem with that. I'd fucking do that in a heartbeat, especially with guys already there like Ristolainen and fucking Darlene. So, yeah, I love this, um, you know, Ducks first-round pick. I think I saw that it's not actually Buffalo's. I think it's I think it's either St. Louis's or San Jose's. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're right. It is one of theirs. Wrong, but you're right. You're right. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, it would take one of those guys to just completely tank to where it makes it an unfair trade because right. I think both San Jose and St. Louis are – St. Louis, welcome to the fucking league. Holy shit. Uh, that's doing... more on them later. But, you know, um, you know, th- th- those – I mean, those are playoff teams. So it's not like it's a super high first-round pick. It's, it's something that they get at the end of the first round kind of thing, and mm-hmm. it doesn't – technically matter and they pull someone that's just as good as Brandon Montour or a little bit better um yeah this is that was actually a good trade it's pretty pretty even all around actually perfect perfect all right moving on to the actual trade deadline day uh do we give a fuck about Patrick Seeloff from the Ducks no okay no do we care cares. okay do we yeah so that was We'll read it. Anaheim Ducks acquired defenseman Patrick Seelaw from Ottawa Senators for forward Brian Gibbons. No one gives a fuck. None of them will see the light of day. Next. Probably probably both <laughs> were just like they, – they, they're they there to pick up the owner's luggage or something. On that note, Brandon Gould from the previous trade for Brandon Montour did play tonight. So Did he do anything? Um Probably not. No, they lost 4-0. He got fucking... They're in full Jack Hughes tank mode. Perfect. All right. Uh, San Jose Sharks acquire forward Gustav Nyquist from the Detroit Red Wings for a 2019 second-round draft pick and a 2020 conditional third-round draft pick. Uh, I suppose as the Red Wings aficionado, I'll I'll take a little primary on this one. Mm-hmm. Gustav has been around the Red Wings for a long time. I'd like... To, I'd like to sit here and say like he's been an integral piece of the team, and I grew up watching him play. Uh, but honestly, I grew up watching him play pretty mediocre. Uh, <laughs> Gustav is Gustav has bounced around the lines. Um, to be completely honest, uh, he wasn't as low on my shit list as like Thomas Tatar, who I just I, I couldn't stand on the team. Um, but Nyqu- I mean Nyquist had moments. He was having a good year. 
he is a skilled player. I think he had. He, I think he just. It's very unfortunate that he came on the team when the Red Wings were crashing, uh, but he's a good. He's a great player. Um, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna help wound out, uh, round out uh, the Sharks a little bit. I don't think he's like. He's not a piece that sets you over by any means, but he helps. And the return. Second round draft pick and a conditional third. I I don't hate that. Uh, the Red Wings are definitely. We've just been giving shit about your Ducks, but my Wings are also trying to get into the 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 draft market. And uh, somebody's got to win it, dude. Somebody's got to win it, and uh, the Red Wings Someone's are going to try. It by storm. Someone's got to try. So I think the second round pick, third round pick. I mean, it's a good rebuild. Uh, you add that onto the first, second, and third round picks we got for Tatar last year. Not a bad return. Our our uh, our next two years in the draft are going to look pretty good. So I don't have a problem with that. So um, Nyquist to me is worth a second round pick. Yeah, and yeah, I this is this is even across the board because I think Detroit added even a third round. Mm-hmm. Um, you know because Sharks could regress next year if they can't keep Carlson. Agreed. So you know that third round pick actually becomes closer to a second round pick. So. For me, this stacks the Sharks. I think the Sharks become even a little bit more scary, whereas, like, very similar to Winnipeg, they had started, like, recently, especially, they had started to fall off a little bit. Um, and Nyquist, he, all it's, all it's going to take is, you know, him to click with someone on that second line, and he, Sharks are scary. So, um, yeah, this is, this is good from both teams' perspectives. Um, yeah, I, I don't hate Nyquist maybe as much as some of the Red Wings fans do because, he I mean, he does have that ability to fucking snipe when he wants to. Yep. And he's got a little he bit does. of speed, if if I remember correctly, from watching a couple of the games that I've seen this year for, uh, of his. But, yeah, he was th- just, I mean, this is, this is a good hockey trade. It's he was good. he was kind of cited. I think in that's it's, it's remaining bitterness. I think when Gustav came on and he had a great first and second year, he was supposed to be kind of the guy that was going to replace the old timers like Datsuk and Zetterberg and whatnot, and he never really came into that role. He was never a leader. He's not like Larkin, who's a, like a born leader. Like if if it was World War Two right now, Dylan Larkin would probably be Captain America. Um, but dude, I mean, the dude is just, like he's like twenty one years old, and he's leading. He's like the leader of the. He's like a grizzled veteran. You look at him, he's like, yeah, saw some shit back in seventy six. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, kids leading the team, he's gonna he's gonna be a Red Wing forever. But I think that's what the issue is. Nyquist was supposed to be that, and he just never he just never came into that own. He was supposed to be like the next Zetterberg, and it just didn't happen. He was more of a depth. Do you know what? You just you can't. There's a lot of guys that you just can't expect that from. Yeah, that's fair. You know what I mean? Like they're just they're just good players, and yep. especially if they're on the wing. Yep. Um, it's just a winger thing. You know, yep. because they're just not touching the puck as much. Um, you know, you can't expect Nyquist when he's not. I mean, he's not battling for the faceoff. Yep. In every single zone, to be that person who's just a fucking complete game changer. Crosby, Malkin, McDavid, McKinnon, yeah, uh, Stamkos. Like, come on, these are all centers, right? Yep. You know, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll give it to him. I mean, he did. He put up like what twenty five. Put up 25 or something like that his first couple years there. 25 goals a year. Um, yeah, it's huge for the Sharks. Good Not for bad. them. Good yep. for Detroit. They got a second round, which is exactly what I think Nyquist is worth. 
is a second round pick and they added a third. So, yep. Yep. Good hockey trade. Good for both teams. I love it. Not bad. Good. All right. We're almost we're almost to the point where we can talk about the Blue Jackets. We've got we got God, come on. Columbus Blue Jackets acquired goaltender Keith Kincaid from the New Jersey Devils for a twenty twenty second fifth round draft pick. What do they do in in Letter Kenny when they go and see the fucking French Canadians? What do the French Canadians do? They yeah, like whatever and the then, fuck it is, or however you fucking do it. Like fuck, Keith Kincaid is so trash, dude. I, but here's I just, the thing. I he went for a get, fifth I, round pick. Like it doesn't matter. In no, 2022. No, that's like, why Seattle's going to be playing in this season. No, that's and, my point. So like, this is the one I'm talking about. He's this trash. Is the fucking pick I'm talking about. <laughs> 2022. Do you know how far in the future that is? Like we could have flying cars by then. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's so three years from now. Jesus Christ. 2022. Seattle will have a team. Uh, uh, I mean, Seattle's probably gonna get Keith Kincaid somehow. Twenty twenty two will be fifth round draft pick. Will be the top top podcasters in Seattle. Uh, probably could be making at least ten dollars. Probably calling, probably calling the Seattle games. Honestly, that'd be the day. (laughs) I'd quit my day job for that shit. Oh yeah, in a heartbeat. Twenty twenty two. This was this was this this was this was Columbus not wanting to say future considerations. Yeah. This was this was Columbus. This was Columbus wanting to put a fucking number and like something in writing and saying like Devil right, the Devils you your shitty backup goalie. Gl- we'll give you a 2022 fifth round draft pick. Boom. Yeah, sh- shake it. Devils, shake on it. Devils probably started the trade talk. They're like, look, we'll give you Kincaid, and in exchange, we'll do future considerations. So, like, we'll take you to Atlantic City or something when you come through. And Columbus is like, like they're the awkward friend that just, like, they want to be, they, New Jersey wants to hang out with Columbus. And he's like, dude, we'll give you this goalie. If you if you come hang out with us, like future considerations, and Columbus is like, uh, I mean, we'll take him, but how about we just do something a little more feasible, like a twenty twenty two fifth round pick? This is my favorite trade. This is the best trade that happened today. I swear it, to God, this I, is great. You see, know and what I, it is, you know uh, what it is. New Jersey was in Columbus for a game, right? Mm-hmm. And. Keith Kincaid is just walking around the streets of downtown Columbus, <laughs> and he's really enjoying his time there. Uh-huh. And he's looking at all the sites, he's looking up all the buildings, and New Jersey's GM is walking behind him, and he he says, all right, Keith's really having a great time here. Let me call the Columbus GM and see what we can do to just absolutely dump Keith Kincaid <laughs> off on fucking Columbus Blue Jack. <laughs> and Columbus is like, bro, you know we hate that word, the the combination of words, future considerations. It's so wide open. <laughs> so wide open. We'd love some things in writing. And here we are. Well, you February twenty fifth, two thousand nineteen. Probably came out. Deal was made. They're like, we'll do it for 
We'll give you Keith Kincaid for some future considerations. And they're like, why you got to say it like counter. that? Like, yeah, why you got to we'll say it like that? With... Like, let's – how about anything else? Like, we'll take a 2026 pick. Like, <laughs> just something that gets this a little more firm in what we're going to give you. Uh, this is actually my favorite pick in the draft. <laughs> So, all right, we'll get uh, let's, the day. All right, fuck this. We're going to skip to the last Columbus Blue Jackets trade. Here we go. Columbus Blue Jackets acquired defenseman Adam McQuaid from New York Rangers for defenseman Julius Bergman, 2019 fourth round pick and a 2019 seventh round pick. So, before we even get to McQuaid, this trade essentially leaves Columbus with no draft picks for like the next I think a third round, right? Something like that. Like, they literally have no draft picks for the next two years almost. <laughs> Good for them. I mean, I wonder if they have any future considerations with another team, but... I mean, but at this point... So, this is what we had talked about before. Uh-huh. And now that we're jumping to the Columbus Blue Jackets, I could spend a little time on yep. them, and you're not going to get mad at me about it. Nope, go for it. Um, we had talked previously. All they need... I, I, I felt like... One of the directions that they could go in, and, and we talked about this, is they bring in enough pieces to show guys like Bobrovsky and Panarin that, like, hey, you know, we're we're going to push. And, like, if you like what you see during that push, re-sign. Right? Yep. And th- that's what they're doing. Oh, it's... It's exactly, exactly it's, what they're doing, and I fucking love it. Kekalainen. It. It's just a power move, dude. Kekalainen. Power move. Sacked up. Not many GMs could do this. Mo- most GMs. Fucking grabbed his nutsack off the floor. Just fucking. Uh, no, most GMs. So, all right. Let's 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 backtrack here. In the last episode, we talked about the options that Kekalainen had. And the safest and most chosen option is to just tuck tail. Sell him. Tuck tail. So you've got you had three options. You can sell them for future picks and wave the white flag. You can sell them for equal pieces and still try to make a run with different pieces, or you can hold on yep. to them. And I mean, the safe option. So what he tried to do the first part of the year, because you know you remember when the year started, Panarin was already both of them were already saying they're not happy. Yep. And everybody's like, all right, well you got to trade them. You got to trade them. It's too early. You just got to get rid of them so you can have a new team. And Kekalainen doubled down, and he's like, no, I'm going to show these guys that we've got a good team here, and they'll want to stay. And then as we get up to the trade deadline, they say it again. Panarin and Bob are like, nope, nope, we're going to go to free agency. Kekalainen again ignores them. He doubles down on his double down, and he's like, you know what? I'm still not fucking giving up. I'm going to I'm gonna buy, I'm going to bring in Matt Duchesne, Dezingle, McQuaid, and a and and a, a second goalie. and another backup goalie and we're gonna make a fucking run at this and by the time this Jesus is over Christ. by the time this is over you're gonna want to resign because Here's, we've got yeah. a Stanley Cup winning team I, like that's it, you know what I I respect it even I respect it I mean if they don't get past the first round he's fired immediately but I I mean that's what you should fucking do in hockey that's some exciting like that team went from oh they could even fall out of the playoffs to okay um this team might be designed to beat tampa bay this team like okay kekalainen 
has scabs on his nutsack right now because they are just dragging on the fucking ground. Unreal. Absolutely That's unreal. how big this dude's balls are right now, and good for him. Good for him. I, if Columbus, if they, if they get booted in the first round, if that happens, Columbus, like you said, will probably fire him. Yep. He can go to any fucking team he wants because, because any team is going to want yep. that kind of a GM that is not afraid to fucking do what they plan to do. And here's the thing. If you're if you are going to stick to your guns and basically say, "Okay, our two best players are basically complaining because they don't want to be here anymore because they don't see a future in Columbus." You're either you're saying our two top players don't like the city, they don't like the coach, or they're just whiny fucking bitches. Probably a and combination. He of all basically three. brought in all these people to say, like, I'm taking option fucking three out of there, and yep. you either don't like Columbus, which this city's gonna fucking hate you forever if you do that shit, right. or it's easy for me to fire Tortorella next year, and you sign, you know, as soon as I fucking fire Tortorella, you all three fucking sign, and we're we're good to battle Tampa Bay for the next fucking five, six years. Right, so if right? it's not... This is a fucking power move, and I love it. I, was I say, fucking love this. If Kekalainen does keep his... So, in that, in that scenario, you lose in the first round. If Kekalainen somehow survives and keeps his job, Torts is gone. Torts is gone. You know what the problem is. You fucking know instantly. You, instantly. You, and then and then you bring in and then you bring in uh, Mustache Man himself, Quinville. Oh. You bring in Quinville. Yep. And then he's and are you familiar with Panarin? holy shit? You know what? That's he's probably built. He's like you know what? We're gonna build a Stanley Cup winning team, and all I got to do is bring in Joe Quinville and <laughs> like that's a. I already got Seth Jones back there. I already got fucking. Wierenski back there, and then Adam cool. adding Adam McQuaid like that's a, I mean that's a good depth defenseman. Oh, that's easy. Yeah, I I love what he did. Um, Respect the hell out of it. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, uh, I, I'm not. I mean, I'm not gonna say my uh, Columbus is my dad's favorite team, but uh, so I got a little respect for him. Like they're my, you know, if all my teams are gone, I'll root for him. But like. I, I respect the hell out of this team now. Like they've they've had so many years of mediocrity and feeling sorry for themselves and you know like oh you know we did so well in the last playoffs and then the eventual I think the last two years they've lost in the first round to the eventual Stanley Cup winner. So yeah, I mean that can that can get at you and I think you need it's just they needed some excitement. You know that it's Don Cherry's given fucking Carolina shit because of the storm surge. And I, you know what you need, and especially in those non-traditional markets, you need something that's going to bring in some excitement and like Vegas is doing it. Vegas is doing it. Like sit, Vegas will always continue to have a team and a good fan base in the future because of how they've marketed that team because of the excitement that's around that team. And, you know, again, let's, let's equate to, let's equate the storm surge to Vegas like pregame shows or whatever. Like, People go there for that, just to say they did it. And sometimes you don't have that gimmicky shit, so you're in Columbus and you're like, we've got to do something to keep people happy here. Not not only our fans, but our players too. And big fucking big name moves, spending that money. Like I, it's I, I've got more respect than them. And if all of my other teams that I root for get into the playoffs and then get knocked out. 
I I mean I will be I'll be carrying a torch for Columbus this year because yeah. I I give them all the credit in the world. Yeah, big old fucking nutsack on him. And especially, I, I love that. I love, I love the moves he made. And McQuaid just shores up. Like sometimes you need some fucking grit in the playoffs. And who, you know, if anybody's gonna fight in the playoffs, which like we don't see that many fights in the playoffs, right? Because it's just, it's just the way the fucking playoffs work. Unless the game is like in the box. Yeah, if unless the game's like hand, five yes. minutes. Yeah, but yeah, if it's basically way out of hand, no. Yes, but McQuaid is a big fucking hitter. He literally, like, he will light somebody up and just energize your team. Yep. Duchesne had 58 points in 50 fucking games for the Senators. On the Senators. Big. On the fucking Senators. He is a big name player. He is a fucking center, which is what Columbus needed. They needed some strength down the middle. This team just got fucking good. Like, this team just got fucking good. They got, you know what? And I want to, even on a scary East. I want to top so, off the, the big balls. I want to top off the big balls point on this because this is a year like he didn't have to do this, you know. Th- but no. this is not this is not a year where making these moves guarantees you the cup. Like a- any other year, like last year, if they would have done this, it'd be like, all right, they're the cup favorites. This year, with, even with all these moves, I mean, are they good as are they as good as Tampa now? Uh, I mean. It certainly no, gets some. Nobody, well, on paper, no. Right, but that's my, see. That's my point. Like he makes all these moves. He's making this. He's making this ballsy push, knowing farewell that he's. I mean, there, you still got to get over. Tam- like every team in that East right now is going to have to fight Tampa. Every At, team in the fucking league, yeah. has to get around Tampa. Yeah, that, like they are. I mean, there are some people saying it's just going to be Tampa versus question mark in the finals, and. Yeah. This is like I well, said. Well, from today, Nashville. Yeah, I mean it's possible. That's story, but Toronto. I mean Tampa is so strong at the moment. So like you could have, you know, you could have either pulled the trigger earlier or later and done this in a year where things were a little more evened out. Ah, I love it. I love it. I fucking love it. I absolutely and love it. You know what? If I'm Panarin or Bobrovsky, that this is what I wanted to see. I didn't want to see him fucking sitting back going okay josh anderson is the fucking answer on the second line no fuck that yep okay he basically kekalainen basically came in and said i'm not fucking around even if this is our one year push yep we're going for it like we're fucking going for it and i believe in you 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 and you and i will fucking be down here drinking beers and fucking giving it Every fucking night, and after we win the Stanley Cup, I'm gonna fucking buy everybody. You know what I mean? Like it's just anytime when you guys win, if you guys win the Stanley Cup, you're gonna get some future considerations here. Yeah, let's be real. Like he's gonna suck every one of their dicks. Ah, it's so and and the brilliant part is like I mean it's a gamble. Like I mean if this doesn't work out, you know shit hits. I mean it could it, it. it would fuck up the franchise for a while because it would show that there's not a winning culture there and no matter what you throw at this team, it's just not going to happen with torts or whatever. But if it wins, I mean, the benefits are just, it's worth the risk because like you mentioned, if they win the cup, like not only does that keep players there, like even if you lose Panarin, if he's still an idiot, like you win the cup and he still leaves, you're like, all right, we have a winning culture here. Now we've got a fan. We don't need him. We've got a fan base and you've got, you've created a market where 
good players actually want to come instead of, you know, like every single guy that just got traded to the Ottawa Senators. You think they're fucking happy with their lives right now? Hell yeah. Well, I mean, other than, you know, making money, but, I mean, do they honestly <laughs> think... players like, fuck yeah, dude, I'm making at least six <laughs> mil next year. Because <laughs> I'm getting paid like a top-line forward, what up? Jesus Christ. Okay, in any case, yeah, <laughs> that... For him. You just know you're going to a dead-end team that, like, the management's in question, like, I mean, there's rumors of them not even fucking being there, so... They're fucking trash. Okay, we can't... I, I don't even want... No, I want to talk about the stone trade, because I want to fucking shit on ottawa okay we'll skip but, we'll skip like ones that we really don't give a shit about um i'll just i'll read them because but then we'll, okay so we got the new night uh, but i love the kevin hayes one we gotta talk about kevin hayes. no 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 that we're not we're not we'll skip the next one not the not this one oh, all right jordan winnipeg Come on, dude. that's a great trade nobody gives a fuck about <laughs> jordan wheel all right we talked about that one there we go so we got it i actually right. learned that the guy he was traded for his last name is chapu okay well chapu got a t on it i was calling chaput 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 Chapu and Jordan Wheel, they traded. No one cares. They're not going to do anything. All right. February 25th, Winnipeg Jets acquire forward Kevin Hayes from the New York Rangers for Brendan, Brandon, Brendan, Brendan Lemieux, a 2019 first-round pick and a 2020 conditional fourth-round pick. Uh, you lead this off because I need to look up Brendan Lemieux's stats. Apparently apparently this kid's pretty sick. Um, He is filthy. He has filthy fucking mitts. Um, 22? Uh-huh. He's 22 years old. Yeah, dude, he's young. Yep. Um, Rangers fucking stole this. Rangers fucking stole this. And I I see why Winnipeg did it. Um, they want some depth down the middle, but Kevin Hayes is going to come in there and he's going to slot into a third-round role. And you and, – and, and, yes, the Winnipeg Winnipeg's going to run into the same kind of issue that Toronto has where they can't pay everybody. Right, so like Brandon Lemieux in two years could be fucking unreal, right? And they just can't pay him. They can't keep Line, Shifley, fucking Ehlers, uh, Wheeler, uh, Connor. They they can't keep all those people. So like I see kind of why they did it, but then they also gave up a first round pick. So like the Rangers are fucking set. Like this Lemieux kid could walk in next year and become a top six forward instantly. Especially like with the Rangers. Fucking good. Yeah. Yes. And the Rangers just got rid of the only people they didn't get rid of were fucking Kreider and Zabinajad. And this kid's good. And they just they pulled a first round pick. It's a late first round pick because Winnipeg's still good. Um, you know, in a 2022 conditional fourth because that doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> That's fucking years down the road. There's going to be at least millions of people dead by then. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, from old age. <laughs> and cancer, um, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it just this is this is this Brandon Lemieux kid um, plus a first round pick for a third line center mm-hmm. at best. Uh, it's a fucking steal. Like Rangers absolutely fucking robbed him in my opinion. And I, uh, I think it was a God panic move. Damn. It's a panic move by Winnipeg. They are they're coming down the stretch I now, agree. and they're not they're not playing well. Like they just. They just got really sh- – like, it wasn't a close game. Like, they got shown up by the Coyotes. Well, they – that's debatable because they actually looked really fucking good. At the end so, at the end of the game. They had 36 shots. So Kemper just kind of stood on his head, and Coyotes played a good defensive game. Right. And Brassois, as the backup goalie, just kind of 
But they're going to run into that. In the, I mean, I know Nashville true. just. I know Nashville just added, true. but they're. I mean, it, they. You know, they get through the first round, assuming. Uh, probably will. They're going to play play somebody that just barely limped in, like the Blackhawks, probably. Um, they're going to get in there, and they're going to end up having to play Nashville in the second round. And Nashville is a defensively core-minded team. Yeah, they're that team that will put up two, three quick goals, and then have no problem playing. You know shut down the rest of the game yeah i mean uh, you know but i think i think that's what winnipeg just did is they basically shored up that third and fourth line yep um which i'm i'm completely okay with i have no problem with them making a move like that um yeah i mean they they still like the top line looked really they, so they had line shifley and fucking wheeler on their top line for the game against the coyotes and that line i mean you can feel it it doesn't matter who you put out. That line is going to fucking be in your zone the entire fucking shift. And Hayes is going to help with that. Uh, and Hayes, Hayes will help with that because, you know, he can he can go up against their top line, right? So he can he can go up against Johansson, uh, Granlin now. Don't get me started on that fucking joke of a trade. Uh. And, you know, fucking Arvidsson, right? I mean, he can go up against those kind of guys. Give him Matthew Perot on top of that, and, mm-hmm. and you know Winnipeg's three lines deep again. Um, the thing with the Coyotes versus Winnipeg last night, uh, no Bufflin and no Hellebuck. So I mean, you know, I'm not as worried about Winnipeg because they were missing two of their top players. Yep. Um, you know, whereas like you know Coyotes were missing like one of their top six. Uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like they were really fucking hurting for who was on the ice. Um, but you know, yeah, this is this is this is an okay move for Winnipeg, but I I do think that the Rangers and and Brent like Lemieux had like one good season in the AHL, um, but that's he's twenty two, you know what I mean? Like next year he could show up in in New York and just fucking light it on fire, and they still have a first round pick. So yeah, this is this is uh, Rangers win it all all the way. Um, Winnipeg better fucking make a big time push for the cup this year because they're gonna run into some Toronto problems where they got way too many guys on huge fucking deals. So yeah, we can we can. God, Toronto. I I think they honestly fucked up at this deadline. Um, yeah, I, I know they sat back and said, "Oh, we're fine," but I I I I honestly think they're bound for a first first round exit again to Boston. <sighs> yeah, fuck. I mean, yeah, Boston Boston got a little scarier, but not much. But, uh, you know, so I think Toronto can still win that, um, but it's going to be a fucking shootout every goddamn game. You know, nope. so. No, nope, that makes sense. Um, uh, uh, yeah, what's, what's next? All right, so we've got, uh, let's move on a little bit to, uh, let me pick one. I'll pick one, I'll pick one. Uh, we could talk about Colorado. Colorado picking up uh, forward Derek Broussard and a conditional 2026th round pick from Florida for a 2023rd round pick. Now, uh, many have followed the the, the saga of Derek Broussard. Uh, moved from Ottawa to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh thought he was going to help round out that third line in Pittsburgh. This was back when uh, the coach was trying to keep Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel on different lines to spread out the talent. Uh, that actually never worked out. Broussard was kind of a disappointment in Pittsburgh, and uh, I, I don't, 
I don't think he ever made any enemies down there. It's just he wasn't a right fit for the team. Uh, I think he kind of overplayed a little bit up to the trade deadline last year. And it might have been a, a panic pickup by, I think it's Rutherford in Pittsburgh. But it was it was a it was a I don't know if it was just a rust job or not. He didn't do terrible, but he wasn't he wasn't the impactful player that they thought he was. So he's going to he went to Florida for a decent trade, and then he was there for all of like what seemed like five fucking minutes, and now he's on his way to Colorado. Which tonight uh, on Monday, as we record this, he he scored a goal in that opening game. So uh, I mean that's been happening a lot. That also happened with our. With our uh, what the fuck? Not Coil, but the uh, but the other one. Um, what's his face? Anyway, uh, yeah, it, it, he's. I think he's going to do well in Colorado, especially for, on a team that definitely needs help. But um, no, Derek Broussard is definitely. He's. I think he's found a good home now in Colorado, where he can prosper on a probably a second or third line role and see some actual minutes on the top because. The last couple teams, they just they wanted him on the third line, and I don't, ha, ah, just don't think he's going to flourish there. He needs he needs a supporting cast. Well, he needs a little bit of a supporting cast, but at the same time, I mean, he's defensive, but at the same time, you know, he's he's still a good offensive player. Yeah, I mean, there, you know, there's a reason that he was playing on those top two lines in both uh, New York and Ottawa is because like he does have that offensive side to his game. Yeah, that's a good point. But he can focus on that defensive side, and so this is this is great for Colorado. Well, uh, they needed they needed somebody who was behind McKinnon, yep. who could play mostly defensively, but still give them a little bit of offensive support. Because I mean, we've even on the podcast we've talked about it a couple times. Colorado just doesn't have anybody behind those top three. Nope. And this, you know, it, I don't know if you want to break up those top three. But at the same time, it gives you that option of like if you if, like if you if you're in a game and that top line isn't going, and the second line's just getting fucking dusted, right. you have that opportunity to kind of break up and go two and two. Yep. Right, because Brassard can play with someone like Landeskog, and they can play defensively. But at the same time, they're pushing that top line every ting- every single shift. To be in their own defensive zone, and you know Landeskog and Brassard can just go score. Right. Um, I I love this trade. I, this is this is probably one of my favorite trades of today. Um, you know because I I honestly I think Colorado stole Rissard. It's a good from, pick. He's because he's been he's been devalued because of how ineffective oh, yeah. because of how ineffective he was with Pittsburgh. Like he, they yep. I mentioned it before. He he they put him on a third line role, and his goal there. Was to was to stabilize that third line and make it productive, as they still tried that that strategy of you know splitting up the three best guys, and he just that that's not that's not his role. That's not his yep. role. He he yep. needs to be on a first or second line, skating with somebody. It's not that he's not a good player, but he's just he's just not that depth guy. He's not gonna lead, He's not gonna center a third line and do well. Um, and I think I think as he gets some better looks. On some higher lines, maybe in Colorado, maybe a little more fast-paced. Uh, I think he'll do fine. That's the thing—you put him with a fourth and a fifth forward. Yep. Who can actually score? You know, if, they, if it comes down to it, they got a little speed. They can go fucking score some goals. He's a center. He still can play defensively. Yep. You know, so like you put him with those guys who can go take the puck into the offensive zone. He could sit up fucking high. The and you entire know, time he can just be high and just. 
be in the slot and fucking maybe take a <clears throat> shot here and there. Like it just you, th- this is a great move by Colorado. And fucking I think it, great. it it might help them trickle into the playoffs. I mean, they're going to, you know, it I think neither of the wild card teams this year are going to be able to handle the first seed, but in either case, um are they in right now? No, they're uh they're on the the 3 seed looking at looking in. Yeah. But I mean, they're tied in points with Minnesota at 66, so how many games? Same. Okay. But Minnesota has the has the tiebreaker because of more uh less OT wins. Gotcha. Or OT okay. losses that is. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, let's this is a great one. That's a good one. Let's let's move on to let's we're we're skipping around at the moment. Um you want to just do the biggie? The one I hate the most probably is it the Grandland Fiala? Yeah, well, I mean that's probably the let's biggest Let's do that one. Yeah, okay, that's let's do that. That's fucking trash. I Oh, this is the worst <laughs> one of today. This All right. Garbage. Nashville Predators acquire forward Michael Mikhail Grandland from Minnesota Wild for forward Kevin Fiala. I appreciate I, you buying into the name. Thank you. I uh, I Mikhail. think I could have swore there was a pick along this as well, but I guess not, mate. Just just a one for one hockey trade. Yeah, we talked about this. We thought there was a pick too, but yeah, this is a one for one hockey trade, and it is absolute fucking garbage. Yeah, I don't. This I, is and and you know what? I will get to it in a second, but I think the Vegas and Ottawa trade was also garbage. But this is the biggest trash trade in the entire fucking day today. The biggest um, one-sided trade. Like, if this there's is a so unreal. This if there's is a lo- fucking believable. If there's a loser in this, if if you could mark a loser of the trade deadline, it's the Minnesota. It's the Wild. NHL. Well, yeah, but fucking joke. This, I would say, the Minnesota Wild are the are the biggest losers in this one because it's a fucking long shot. It's not even close. Like Kevin Fiala is not. Grandland, like I mean, it's not like even even from a developing prospect standpoint, like it's just not. Uh, and there's no picks, like no picks. A, a one for one implies that these two players are or could be potentially the same, and that's not going to happen. Like Kevin so, Fi- Kevin Fiala has been relegated to a a bottom six role in Nashville because every time he gets a chance to try to crack the top six, he. Can't he doesn't he's not consistent. He takes a hot steamy turd on the fucking ice every time he fucking skates. Okay? He played he had a good season last year because he was playing out of his fucking mind with guys like Arvidson, guys like Turris, guys like Johansson. You yeah. like this year and yes, okay. The sophomore slump is not a fucking joke. Nope. Right? Like, even some of the best players in the fucking world have gone through sophomore slumps. Like, I'm not going to fucking deny the fact that that is an actual fucking thing that hockey players go through. Right? But this kid has fucking produced an absolute turd in every fucking game except for about seven this year. Like, yep. he's not he's not any good. He's not any good. And you're, you're essentially trading, if you're Minnesota, you're essentially trading a kid who has been over 60 points for the last two years, 
has finally in in, in those two years has been in a top six role. Mm-hmm. This year he's still got fifty and sixty three. I mean he's not having a great year, but I think Minnesota is underperforming in general. Fifty and, and sixty three. I mean look at look at so I clicked on Kevin Fiala. He's played sixty four games this year. He's got ten goals and twenty two assists with a minus eleven. He's a joke. He is not any good. And okay, a sophomore slump. Yes. Again, yes. sure. Sure. We can give that to him. We can basically, you know, we, you and I can sit here and say, oh, you know, a sophomore slump, like next year he but could have 60 points. But you're also. betting on him. You're essentially betting on him coming out of the sophomore slump and going back to his last full season, which was last year, with 23 goals and 25 assists. Joke. And he's just not. He's not going to do that. You're, you're, you're basically getting a guy. So if you're in Nashville, I'm doing this trade all fucking day. Because I'm like, Minnesota, you're a joke. 2010, first round, ninth pick overall, Mikel Granlund. You want to give him to us for some guy who, like, just didn't work out? Like, you know what I mean? yeah. Like, some guy who, like, you know, isn't actually any good? Yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm taking that all day. But yeah, this so is, this is the whole Fiala's, thing with, like... Fiala's first season was two years ago. Uh, 2016, 2017. I, I mean, he played, he had bit pieces in the first two years, but I'm not, like, he played one game and five games in the years before. His first, like, significant season was 2016, 2017. He played 54 games, had 11 goals and five assists. So, it's just, I mean, technically, you know, this would be his third year if you want to count, like, you know, what's the halfway point? As, in, as long as he played more than half the season, you know, that's technically here, his first season. Here's the thing for me, okay? You know, Yes, this can be considered as his junior year, right? Yeah. But in his 54 games that he played in 2016-2017, I didn't know who the fuck he was. Nope. He was probably playing fourth-line minutes. Um, for some reason, NHL doesn't give me that fucking information. Uh, Don't know. In any case. That's a whole other fucking story. No, Anyways, I mean, I'm with you 100%. This is a joke. This is a fucking yeah, it's, joke. If I'm Dave Poley with the, with the fucking... Uh, I'm so happy. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, so happy. I'm doing that all fucking day. Like, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm, and this is this is what I, the second that we heard of this trade, I, you know, I, in, in, same with the one we're about to talk about. Um, there's got to be a veto. Like, there has to be a fucking veto or something. Like, if I can get sixteen, well, when when Seattle comes in, if I can get seventeen fucking teams to go, are you fucking kidding me? Like, Mikel Granlin, who has been close to 70 points two years ago, and last year put up 64 or whatever the fuck it was, and you're going to trade for a guy who, like, got lucky last year? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, get the fuck out of here. This is such a trash trade. And, yeah, this this one bugs me the most. I mean, you you know, if you're Nashville, fuck yeah. I, I, I love the fact that there's no veto. Right or that people aren't veto. He had sixty-seven and seventy-seven games last year. Yep. Okay, that is a seventy-point fucking player last year. Um, he can still hit sixty again this year in an off year. Uh, fuck, fuck me. Like that's a joke. This is Bad. the biggest joke right. of the trade deadline right here. Joke. So I mean, okay. So let's move on to. Uh, do you want to do the other Nashville Predator pickup? No, I don't want to make any fucking joke. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we can move on now. Okay. All right. Um, let's see here. I think it happened earlier in the day, so I got to f- – no, no, it happened later in the day. I apologize. Um, it was actually the last trade of the day, officially anyway. Nashville Predators acquire forward Wayne Simmons 
from Philadelphia for forward Ryan Hartman, conditional 2024th round pick. You want me to talk about this one? Yeah, let's do it so we can talk a little bit about Nashville. Um, This is great for Nashville. Nashville just became the scariest team in the West by a long shot. Uh, Winnipeg's still, still scary. I think it's going to be Winnipeg versus Nashville if we can somehow work the fucking division to give us that game. I no, they're going to play in the second round for sure. Uh, I they're, hope not. They are. I mean, it's it's just how it's going to happen. And sadly enough, it could go down that, you know, whoever wins that battle is going to be too tired in the third round. That's how, I mean, as somebody who is rooting for Vegas, like, that's how Vegas got in. Vegas played a, just a completely drained Winnipeg team that went a very long seven games with Nashville. And they just... Vegas Vegas coasted to the conference final. So Yeah, but I don't I don't know. I think I think San Jose and Calgary are just a little too strong this year. Uh either way, you're right. They they're going to have to play before the conference final even. Um and that sucks because I think those those are the two top teams in the West. Yep. And it's the same thing like I hate to bring up football, but it's the same thing with like the AFC for football where like Patriots are just they're not the best team on that side every single year, um, but they just they let the other teams beat the shit out of each other. Right, and you know, and so like that's the same thing that Winnipeg and Nashville are gonna have to do, and then the Pacific has a fucking chance, and the Pacific just doesn't have. I mean, you know, San Jose loaded up a little bit to where like they do probably have a good chance against some of the East Coast teams, mm-hmm. uh, but Nashville and Winnipeg have the best chance against Tampa Bay. And, you know, they're going to beat the hell out of each other. Yep. Uh, you know, two series before the Stanley Cup. So, um, yeah, but I do like this move for Nashville. I think it really does shore up. I can't believe the fucking got Granlund. Um, you know, Na- Nashville instantly with Granlund and Simmons becomes the front runner for me. I mean, you can have Carlson, you can have Burns, but if fucking uh, – what's his tits back there in the fucking between the pipes isn't playing any good martin jones if he's not playing the if he's playing the way that he's been playing recently Mm. um they're gonna have a hard time it doesn't matter what kind of d you have back i was i was really surprised that a lot more goalies didn't get moved um i honestly i mean if there was a betting site that had done it i would have put a small amount on jonathan quick getting moved because i i I honestly thought it was going to happen i honestly thought Somebody was going to see that pedigree and be like, hey, you know what? You guys are sinking. Quick's going to, you know, it, it, we could use him. We could use him for a cup run. I'm su- I'm very surprised he didn't move. Because you're not going to pay top dollar for a guy to come in and be the backup. Well, see, that's, that's, my, thing. that's my point. Like, there are there are bubble teams that could probably use some stability and goal. Um, we'll, we'll get to it later on. I want At the very end, when we recap, I want to we'll ask you about the winners, the losers, the ballsiest and the, the, the biggest pussies teams of the leagues. <laughs> um, but we'll get that to you in a second. But, um, like, teams that could have – I mean, teams that could sure up. Like, if I'm if I'm Dallas, I, I, I'd have time for Jonathan Quick. If I'm Carolina, I'd have time for Jonathan Quick. If, if I'm, I'm Carolina, Florida. I, I would have pushed for Jonathan Quick. If I'm Florida, I've got time for Jonathan Quick. Yeah. Like, there's some teams that need – some shoring up in the goal especially for a push and yeah that's but that's in my opinion anyway 
All right, let's move on to let's move on to probably probably the the other biggest one of the day. The uh, biggest. Yeah, the it's the biggest trade. It's of the, the biggest. Day. Of the, it's the biggest trade of the day. Um, finally, it finally puts the final nail in the coffin of Ottawa and their trade saga. Yeah. Finally, finally cementing them as the worst team probably of this decade. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights acquire forward Mark Stone and forward Tobias Lidberg from Ottawa for defenseman Eric Brandstrom, forward Oscar Lindbergh, and a 2020 second-round pick. Um, I read up on Brandstrom Jesus. and Lindbergh. I, I mean, Lindbergh was already on the roster for Vegas. They're, I mean, they're good prospects. They're, they're good players. They could Lindbergh be pro- is 27 years old. Let me just I'm not, go, let me just get to that fucking point before you continue. I'm not saying that he's. I'm not saying he's, he's part of a rebuild. Prospect. He's not a prospect. I'm not saying he's uh, part of a rebuild, and I'm not even arguing that Ottawa won this trade because they didn't. They Vegas got, got smoked. Vegas got Mark Stone for two prospects. Is one guy that wasn't you know your top defenseman, a, a, a mid level defenseman, a prospect, and a second round pick that wasn't even theirs. In 2020, in a year, and you arguably got one of the best. Like I think I was looking on uh, on uh, Daily Faceoff, they rank he is the se- seventh best right winger in the league on and a shitty fucking team. On a shit, like he was doing well on a bad team. Like put him on so a line. Even- when you put him on a line, I mean, you could plug him in anywhere. Honestly, I think I- I've been. I've been, I don't know if anybody notices me on Twitter, but I I get really pissy because I have Carlson and Marchessault in my fantasy league, and I I'll talk some shit after every Vegas game. They're like, "Oh, we need to change up the lines," and then they move around like they move Cody Eakin and Tuck and Peary like that. You know, they'll move them one space over, like one will go up, two will go down, or something. And they're like, "I don't understand why we still can't score." It's like, um, because you've been like everyone has seen the tape. On Carlson, Marcheseau, and Riley, they know how to beat them, and it's th- that line is just terrible. So what this does is it gives them another option to plug. I mean, Stone is a first line center or a first line winger. Like he could, you know, you could. It, it's there's so many scenarios in which you could you could plug him on that plug him in on that first line and bump Riley, uh, Riley down, you know, down the down the roster a little bit. That's what I would do. You could fucking heartbeat. You could break it up. I mean, you can move some people. You could, you know, a crazy line of, you know, Marcheseau centering with him and Puri or Tuck or whomever. Fuck, you could put... They still have Pacioretty. You could put Stone on a line with Stasny and Pacioretty, and that's a deadly line. Like, it's... I'm not saying that you you were right that the Simmons and the other... And the Grandland move make Nashville probably the scariest, but I think... I think this... It's not as ballsy as Columbus, but Vegas just went from, yeah, a probably first round to second round knockout to, I mean, they've got another shot of making it to the conference final. Uh, They are now, they're now prepared to play, I mean, it's, it's basically set in stone, but they're probably, ha, no pun intended, uh, they're probably going to play stone. They're probably going to play San Jose, and I think Vegas knew this, and I think Vegas also knew that without an addition, that was going to be a first-round exit, 
And I think picking up it's not it's it's ballsy in the sense that it's like look, no, we didn't go out and spend a king's ransom and pick up nine players like Columbus did, but we're not we're not going to say oh it's our second year we're okay with a first round exit like picking up Stone and then signing him to an eight year deal it it's ballsy in its own right it's not as ballsy as Kekalainen for sure but it's 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 a statement saying look we're probably going to play San Jose we know San Jose's loading up for a cup run. And we're not going down without a fight. They didn't just pick up Stone. They fucking robbed Ottawa. Yeah, and I think the fucking deal... robbed them. Which makes me wonder why this took so long. Like, really? That was the best deal on the table? Again, like, didn't we say that for Carlson, too? Well, that's... So, that that's two very big players for me that Ottawa has literally taken a giant fucking shit when it comes to getting players back for the players that they're giving up. Right. <coughs> right? So I'm looking at Stone's fucking numbers right now. Yeah. Right? Yes, and like we've talked about this multiple times, he does get hurt on a regular basis. He's had a healthy played, season this year. He's having a healthy fucking season this year. He's got 62 points in 59 games. He is a plus 13 on a fucking Ottawa Centers team. He is That's, plus 13. He is it's unreal. Fucking, he's good in his defensive zone, and he's going to bury you 28 fucking G-notes. That's going to be... I, it's Signing him eight years, like, that's your... He could honestly walk onto that team, he's your be a difference in... He could be He could be your captain. He's your, he's your best forward right now. You just signed your best forward for getting rid of, a, you know, a good two-way D. So don't don't get me wrong. I think Brandstrom's a very good two way D. Um, I think he's yeah. pretty. He's a pretty good player. He's a pretty good piece. Austin but they Lindbergh's didn't even have okay. And they, you gave they up didn't a even second have, round pick. You didn't. They give didn't up even anything. That was Nothing. not that. W- it wasn't your pick, and you still get to keep your best prospect in glass. Ugh, I just can't even fucking like. I don't. They fucking robbed it, and so like like. I basically I, – I saw this trade, and I happened to be out at a bar, and they're going over it. And the, the one of the first things I saw was, like, league approval. And so I'm sitting there thinking, like, this is such a shitty trade that they need league <laughs> approval. And, like, you have to be fucking kidding me. They absolutely robbed Ottawa. Ottawa got absolutely robbed by San Jose. Uh, Ottawa needs to move to fucking Bangkok. I just I don't care where they move. They just that they or they just need to completely throw all of those people in the actual garbage that are running that fucking team. Put them in the fucking dumpster, light them on fire, and just call it good. Like cleanse them of that fucking team, or they're not going to be anything. They're going to trade Brady Kachuk right. next year for a fucking soda machine. You know what I mean? Like, that All team right. is so fucking shitty. Oh, my God. And good for Vegas. Like, if I'm Vegas, I'm taking advantage of that, too. It's the same thing with playing nine goalies in a fucking week for fantasy hockey. I'm, yep. If I if it's there, I'm taking advantage of that, and Vegas did. Uh, do I think Vegas can compete with someone like San Jose? Um, that's going to seven. Like, that, that series is going to seven. 
and it's a that's a one game series because it's it, because it's in seven. Yep, I th- I mean, Fuck. and it, it it's a Just close nuts. series now. It's a close Just series now. Nuts, dude. It's it's something there where you could just I mean I don't know I, that it has made that team relevant in the playoffs again. They're so. they're the, they're one of the best teams in the West because they just picked up a dude who goes plus thirteen on a shitty team and still has the potential if he stays healthy to put up ninety to a hundred points a fucking year. Unreal, unreal, and and Un- with the fucking real and with the supporting cast that he's going to have there, like he I mean, it's patch already. They have the patch worst already. case scenario, he has patch already on his fucking line and Paul Statsny. Yeah, joke. They just fucking robbed him blind. Even Carlson Ottawa's and March blind. Even Carlson and Marcheseau in a bad off year. Like that's not hell. I mean, he, you put this guy. He has shown. Ridiculous. He has shown Ridiculous. that he's not a Derek Broussard. This guy can jump no. onto any line and make it good. Yeah, I mean this. This I, I because just, he's been I skating mean, with fucking pylons in Ottawa. Unfucking real. I mean, this. Yeah, exactly. This guy's been skating with dudes who are renting skates from the fucking free skate, <laughs> and they just fucking plucked him for a second round pick and a couple guys who could be okay in fucking three years. Like Jesus Christ, they fucking robbed him, and they still get. I don't know who Tobias is, but he could be good. It could, <laughs> he could be. He could be Mark Stone's best friend. He could be Mark Stone's agent. <laughs> And they fucking robbed him even more. So, I don't even know. I don't know who that guy is. You know, you know how I know that they're not they're not good or they have no name because you can't click on their name. <laughs> okay. Well, it just means NHL was too fucking high class. They're not. They're not to good. Make a stats page for Tobias. They're not, they're not good enough for me to click Tobias, on their name. Tobias, if you're listening, you got a spot in our heart, buddy. Yep. You're He's... the main piece in this. Tra- <laughs> Yeah, you guys are you guys are way over analyzing this. You are you guys are forgetting about Tobias Lidberg right here. He is going to make an immediate impact on this team. The guys are going to love him in the locker room, and he's a fucking character guy. And he's going to be bringing back deep dish pizza from the Chicago Wolves when he gets called up. Uh, good for him. Good. He's really, he's not even going to make the Chicago Wolves. This dude is going straight to the ECHL. This guy's going back to Pee Wee's, dude. <laughs> Oh, Tobias, good luck, buddy. Poor bud. All right, um, do we get? Do we care about anything else, or do we? Do we want to move on to our wrap up? Is there something that you really? I mean, yeah, there's some other shit we didn't. Some other shit we didn't get to, but I mean, no, those are the only ones I wanted to talk about. Tanner Pearson's probably the only other one that's worth fucking anything. Chris that's Wyden, because maybe. But it's just because he got bounced around. Did we talk about Johansson? No, we didn't talk about Johansson, but I, that's I mean, that's probably the biggest one that we didn't talk about. Okay, that's okay. I mean, that's yeah, okay. I mean, we could do it real quick. It's not a, it's not a long thing. No, I mean, it just shores up, it just shores up the Bruins a little bit more. You know, Help he's quick. Yeah, he's a good second, third line dude. Um, yeah, it shores up the Bruins to play Toronto a little bit harder. I don't know uh, if he's worth a second, bad. a second and fourth I round know, pick. He's but. not. He's not. He's a he's a third tops. Yeah. But you know that's just yeah, Bruins don't cool. give a shit. You right. Know, they so just, they got the future. They're fine. Okay. All right. I'm looking at. So let's look at let's look at winners here. Now, I was thinking about how to do this category because you could think about it in a few ways. I, and I'm thinking like, so let's let's do this. Best deals that were made for the for what they gave away and their potential to 
do well with that team now in these playoffs. So Say those again. Okay, so the winner category is comprised of the team or teams that got the best return for, you know, like got the best ripoff. Like a cent- yeah. So we were talking, you know, obviously the first one that comes to mind is Grandlin for Fiala. Um, and then, and then with those trades, with their status of the team now, how they're going to like they're so it will help them do well in the playoffs, essentially. Okay. Okay. So winners, I wrote down, so I, I kind of alluded to it already. Nashville's probably the biggest winner of, of the, of the trade deadline. I'm, I'm saying that because. I mean, you pick up. You got an absolute steal for Grandland. It's not a ballsy yeah. trade. It's a it's a fucking brilliant trade. Um, yeah, if you're Poyle, that's a fucking brilliant. Trade. That's a. It's absolutely. Ball, I mean, that's that's one of those. I mean, Jesus Christ. That's a that's I mean, a Taylor if, Hall for Adam Larson right there. Yeah, if you're saying no to that trade, you might as well tuck your fucking nutsack between your legs and just walk. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's that league. was like that's a joke. great that's a great trade right there. And then for Wayne Simmons, what you gave up, you know Hartman, you know, uh, yeah, I mean he's he plays a role, but it's not a role that can't be filled by somebody but you else. You already had Boyle. Yeah, yeah, you already had Boyle. You already brought Boyle in. Yeah, it's you, not. Oh my god, Simmons adds Simmons adds a layer of grit to the front of the net that will help them. And I, th- I mean, I, I think of him kind of like a Thomas Holmstrom kind of way. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's great, and I think I, I think and for so based on you know how we consider a winner, like for what they got and what you know how their future looks after it and what they gave away, I'm gonna say Nashville is the winner. They got the best pieces. They're poised to make a run this year. Their future still looks good, and they gave away little to nothing. Yep. Um. Following that up, uh, let's see here. Probably, probably in my number two spot, I put in, and this is not biased. I, I promise, I've got, I've got a backup for it. But the Detroit Red Wings, uh, I know they were sellers, but that doesn't, that doesn't make you know, just because you're a seller doesn't mean you're a loser at the trade deadline. They sold some, a, a few pieces, a couple pieces anyway. Pro- probably didn't get rid of Jimmy Howard like they wanted to, um, but I mean, you got rid of a couple guys for some great depth. I, I mean, they they built their future essentially with this. Even more, they got some good returns for guys that uh, I don't know if we're necessarily worth what they got. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give them an honorable mention. I'm, they're definitely not the winners because they're. I mean, obviously they were selling, but I think what they got in return for the two guys that they gave off, not bad. Yeah, I mean, you know, the only problem with that that I have is. You never know what picks will turn out to be. That's true. That's true. Right. You know, your your analysts can do the all the research they want to do. Okay. I'll that I'll take them out just then. Has a fucking hernia tomorrow and he's shitty. Yeah. All right. I'll I'll give you, you know, that. I'll I'll take them no, out. No, I just I, I thought I thought that you know the the pieces for pieces is is solid. Like there's no like I don't think that they gave away Nyquist for nothing. I think they got no. a solid return for him and same and same with Yurko too. So. I, I mean I'm not taking anything away from him because I think I think the Red Wings did exactly what even even as a non Red Wings fan yeah. but talking to a Red Wings fan 
I think they did exactly what they wanted to do, where yep. they kind of, you know, they, they got rid of those pieces that it was just like, okay, while they still have a little bit of value, let's get rid of them, uh, get some get some picks back for them and see what happens. Um, do I think they're in, like, the top five of, of the people, you know, the teams that actually did well at the trade deadline? No, I... I I, I think there's teams that did a little better than them. Um, you know, obviously you already said Nashville. So who comes in Nashville, at number two? For, do you say Nashville's number one? Nashville's number one by a fucking okay, long they're the shot. Winners. I think they stole the fucking trade deadline. Uh, they already had a great decor. They already had fucking, I mean, their top two tendies are. And they didn't trade away any of it. Nothing. They literally gave away fucking, they gave away Fiala, who had been underperforming to the Nashville standards since he had been into the fucking league. Yeah. And they basically gave him away for, for a first line who's fucking, fucking player. Three times better. Like the first line player. I just they fucking robbed Minnesota. They fucking If I'm a Minnesota fan, I just want to take my own life. They just fucking robbed him. I don't they understand at this point. They robbed him blind. I just I I'm with you. I don't believe I just I don't even believe it. But Zach Parisi right? one day Zach Parisi. Like, if I'm Minnesota fans, I'm just, I'm still, even after the trade deadline, waiting for Ashton Kutcher to jump out <laughs> of the fucking crowd. <laughs> okay. And yell, so, you got punked. So, so okay, like, yeah. Nashville won it. It's a good segue real quick. So, Nashville's number one. Who's who's your who's your follow-up? Um, and maybe I'll, maybe I'll I, agree I with you on truly, this. I truly <clears throat> think, and, you know, this just might be me having Mark Stone on my fantasy fucking roster for so many years that vegas stole mark stone from yeah i I mean i really do think that he stole him from ottawa um brandstrom could be okay but you didn't even get a first round pick for the best player you've had on your fucking team for the last five years besides carlson uh you got fucking robbed and so yep. I think Vegas, I think Vegas just got fucking scary. Um, I also think even with the Nyquist trade, I think San Jose got even scarier. Um, you know, and it, but but that's the thing is then you know then at that point, um, you know Winnipeg got, Winnipeg got a little bit better. I think they got a little deeper. But that's where I'm saying is I think Detroit's actually right up in there in that top five. Yep. Um, you know, so so th- those are kind of the teams that I think did pretty damn well um okay so how about we'll do we'll do two categories so we got the winner how about we'll do winning competitors and winning sellers so like winning buyers and winning sellers so like obviously nashville and vegas win because they bought they got great deals they've got good prospects so let's throw detroit in the the best sellers so who else won the deadline that's a seller I think I think you still have to say Ottawa won. Think so? Yeah, I mean you're you're still getting value back for players who were not going to come back to your team. Okay. And you were able to move before the summer when they could leave for nothing. So okay. I think I think you can still put Ottawa in that category because they did get something back for two of their best players, three of their best players really if you look at Dzingel. Right. Um, even though I don't think they got the value that they should have gotten for those three guys, they uh-huh. still at least got a value 
Like they still got something for those three guys. Um, and and for all we know, Brandstrom could be the next fucking Carlson. I don't know. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. Like it's I'll, just the I'll, way it works. Con- okay, you've convinced me on this. I, I'll buy into that. Be- and it's also because I think other than Detroit and Ottawa, I don't think there's any sellers that I liked what they did. Like, yeah. I th- unless unless I think L.A. was almost destined for this this one of the like the the losers uh, like of the sellers because I, I mean. Unless you somehow unloaded Ilya Kovalchuk, which no one's gonna fucking take him, unless you did that, you're gonna you're slated for this role because mm-hmm. uh, there's nothing that you can do at this point. They didn't get rid of Quick, which I think they. I mean, Quick has still got years left, and yeah, we'll we'll move on to the. I guess we can move on to the losers now if you're ready. Well, so I mean, but real quickly, not trying to be okay. a homer, but I mean, like I think the sellers market was surprisingly quiet. Um, there was the a, where a I, good quiet part of the deadline where everybody was just yeah, like, somebody I mean, do something. I think, I think you saw some bubble teams doing more trading than, like, the sellers that we thought we would see doing the trading. Okay. Um, so, like, to avoid being a homer, I, I do think because the seller market ended up being so shallow, I think actually Anaheim ended up being in the top three. Okay. Uh, they did, I mean, I'd they be did willing... get a first-round pick back. I'd be willing um, to give them an honorable good. mention. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So I think I think they did get a couple picks back. I think, um, you know, I think they got some role players. Where, I think they're still you know, stuck with a lot of bloated contracts that they probably could have tried to offload. But yeah, you know, I mean, they're fucked for the next five years. Yeah. Um, you know, they 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 gave contracts to guys like Kessler and Patrick Eves and Corey Perry. Uh, those kind of guys were like. They had a good year, and Bob Murray was like, "Damn, yeah, you, you're going to be really good for the next 25 years." Like nobody's <laughs> ever, like, come on, like Jesus. And Not so, since Chris yeah, Chelios has there been a 25 year career. Ugh, it's fucking brutal. Oh, okay, Shane, all right. Donner so Donner had a 21. That was fucking beaut, though. I'll tell you what. But okay, all right. So I'll I'll say best best selling winner was Ottawa, and then we'll we'll give honorable mentions to our teams. Yeah, I'm all right with that. Okay, all right, moving on to losers. We won't we won't do the same thing with them. Let's just... So, I actually found this was going to be an interesting one because there's a lot of reasons why you could think of a team as a loser. So, let's start with the obvious one, Minnesota. Yep. Um, they made They made an early trade with Boston to pick up Donato, and... You know, we don't hate this trade. Like we mentioned earlier, it's not terrible. But I think it's one of those, like, one-for-one trades where the team is just like, all right, we're mediocre, and we're still mediocre, and we're going to remain mediocre. Like, it's not a a push move. It's not something that's going to... Like, is Donato going to come up and replace fucking Grandland? No. (laughs) No. So... I don't. Neither I mean, I'm not going to give. Though. I'm not going to give them any shade on that. I think. I mean, they didn't do much compared to uh, other teams, but I mean, the weight and scale of the Grandland of Fiala trade is just. I mean, it's probably the worst trade of the day, like in in terms of one sided. So a fucking long shot. I mean, so we'll we'll get to some oh, other teams here in a second, that one but kills me. For for activity, I'm going to give them a loser. Um, okay. Other losers, in my opinion. Well, okay, so possible. You can give me... Okay. 
This one is the opposite direction. Not because they did anything, but it's because they didn't. Edmonton. I don't think it matters. I don't think Edmonton's good enough. The the only thing Edmonton has going for them is Connor McDavid. Yes, but dry I say saddles, this. Dry saddles I say, okay, but their uh-huh. tendy situation's just a fucking nightmare. Their D right. situation is just a fucking nightmare. So this is my this is my this is why I re- I put them into this role as as consideration because when they got rid of Peter Shirelli, the owner comes out and says we are concerned with making the playoffs like that is our that is our goal and they still haven't done well they've made no moves to adjust it and for i mean they're basically out of it at this point but that was recently like once you fired peter shirelli you could have done something to try to change this turn turn this team around and make good on your promise that you thought you're a playoff contending team and now you're not you did nothing at the deadline like you know two weeks out you made two depth trades with Vancouver and Anaheim or something. Like I think yeah, I I completely agree though. I I mean Edmonton has been out for a while. I don't I don't know of too many pieces that they could have added because mm-hmm. I don't think they're they're that deep. I think they No, they should have accepted of- If they've accepted no playoffs, they should have traded what they had and get picks. And I I mean it sucks. Your yeah. your your fan base is gonna hate you, but you can't stand Pat. You don't have a team. Yeah, but I mean, I just I don't see anybody buying Lucic. I don't see anybody buying Cassian. I don't see anybody buying, you know, those kind of those kind of contracts. So right, I mean, right, okay. You know, it could have just been a back. It could have been a back end thing that we just didn't see from a fan perspective. But all right, uh, you've convinced me to scratch them off. So, but well, hold on. Okay. I think I think the two biggest losers and on that on that scale, I think mm-hmm. the two biggest losers in the entire league for the trade deadline were actually the two Alberta teams. So, I I personally think both of those teams, like you said with Edmonton, Edmonton should have made something. Right? They should have shown their fans, they should have shown Connor McDavid that they were like they were ready to do something. Like you gotta do something. You gotta make a deal for a fucking top pair defenseman and like at least give Connor McDavid something to fucking play for. Hope. Hope. I don't know who Hope is, but hopefully they're better than fucking Milan Lucic. Yeah. Okay, so I totally agree with you with Calgary. Calgary is the biggest Ugh. is one of the biggest losers of this deadline. And Nothing. They didn't do a thing. No, and it sucks because they honestly have some talent on that roster. They should have made a move. They should have picked up something. I, th- uh, I mean, I think. Needed, yep, yep. They should. Who'd they get? Fattenberg or some horse shit from somebody? I don't know. Who's that? Oscar Fattenberg from the L.A. Kings. L.A. Kings. Yeah. Okay. Um. So. So with that though, I did <clears throat> hear that they were in the market for Stone. They were in the market for ev- almost everybody. Yeah. So I mean, you know, they they were at least like talking. But this to is people. my point. Like, if this is the deal, like Vegas got a steal for for Stone, and I'm th- that's why I'm trying to think. Like, th- so Stone played his last game for Ottawa, and that night it was rumored that Calgary it was done. Like with Calgary, like they are the leading team. They want him there. There's a deal, and then the deal changed. The price got raised. 
But like that just blows me away. Like what if if we're looking at the what final ask right? Like what could it have possibly been beforehand? Like so low. Like they're just like, yeah, we'll take him for future considerations. And Calgary's like, we don't really want to hang out with you, Peter Dorian. Uh, you know what? I think I think <clears throat> Vegas actually was low balling the whole time. And Probably. I think I think Calgary was kind of getting highballed by fucking Ottawa, where like Ottawa, Ottawa, I know wanted first round picks for Stone, right? Um, and and Calgary was like, dude, we'll give you a first round pick and this fucking dickweed and this. 2022 fifth round pick maybe some future uh, considerations seattle's 2022 pick and uh, some future considerations and auto was like oh that's terrible like fuck you guys and calgary was basically like fuck you then we're out po- poison the well and then they had to yeah. take the next best offer and and yeah and i think ottawa just kind of got fucking <clears throat> you know, just kind of got scared and got <coughs> sort of flustered, and uh, that was the next best thing that they had for Stone. And so, like now, we're looking at it and we're like, Jesus Christ, you got fucking robbed. Yeah, you know, they were looking. So, I think they were looking at a few people. They were rumored around Simmons for a bit. They were rumored rumored around uh, Duchesne initially. Um, so I think I think what kind of shot Calgary in the foot is. Last year, they didn't have a pick, I think, in the first two or three rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just they just didn't want to do that again. And so, like, if they were going to give up a first-round pick, they weren't giving up much else. Right. You know what I mean? And so, like, I from a Cal- without knowing too much about it, I bet that's what Calgary was all about, is they basically were like, you know, if we're going to give you a first-round pick, we're not going to give you the guy that's going to come up and play with Goudreau and fucking Monaghan next year. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and I, I guarantee you that's what the Senators wanted. And it just kind of backfired on the Senators to where, you know, it's not really Calgary's fault that they didn't want to pull the trigger on something that would have been <coughs> shitty for them. Uh, right. It kind of backfires on Ottawa where Ottawa was like, well, we got to get rid of Mark Stone, right? So we're going to give him for fucking peanuts and a goddamn beer. Right. You know, so, um, yeah, but I, I still, yeah, I'm with you. I think Alberta teams shit the pool. Uh, I think those are probably the two teams. If you have a guy like Connor McDavid, you got to show him something. And Calgary, if you're going to make a push against Vegas now, right, and yep. uh, San Jose and the rest of the Central, which I think St. Louis is still fucking scary. I think uh, Dallas, if, if Zuccarello can get healthy before the playoffs. I think they're still fucking scary. Um, you know, I, I just, you, you know, Calgary's nothing. Again, they're just out in the first round again. Uh, um, no, I mean, with who's going to trickle into, I'm, yeah, it depends on who's going to get that last wild card. But, I mean, I, I could see them making past the first round this year. Like, I don't. Uh, no, I don't, though. I just, I think, Look, they're, I think San Jose jumps up, and I think they end up playing. Oh, and in that case, then no, they're not gonna they're not gonna beat Vegas. No, they don't beat Vegas. You know that would be that would be the best scenario for Vegas. But that's assuming that yeah, I guess it's only a three point climb. It's not it's impossible. Three points, and I don't think Calgary did enough at the deadline to where like you know yes, San Jose kind of kind of got beat up the last two games or two or three games, but. It's it's only a matter of time till fucking Jones starts clicking again, and uh, Jesus Christ, they added Nyquist there, so that'll help. Um, 
San Jose is fucking scary. I think San Jose takes that fucking division and Calgary falls down to two versus three and Vegas is clearly better. Yep. Uh, they just okay. they added their they added the franchise player. So so we've got we've got Minnesota leading the charge on the losers. Yep. I'm gonna throw Calgary in as number two and then I, I teetered on this one with the pussies, but I think I'm gonna throw them into the losers, Toronto. Yeah, they needed to do more, but I think they did more before the trade deadline. I think it's, it's true, but no, I mean, they didn't really. Like, I mean, yeah, they got Muzzin, but Muzzin's not, like, that's, yeah, I mean, that helps what they needed, but that's not a deadline thing, A, and B, I I think, I, I put them as losers, not because the team is bad or anything like that. I put them at there because they are probably the team that n- knows their playoff situation almost more than anyone other than the other team they're going to play. And if, I mean, if I'm their GM, if I'm Kyle Dubas, I'm sitting there, like, I don't see a scenario where I go, like, I look at my roster and I go, yeah, I can comfortably say that we can take on Boston with this roster. Like, to me, that's, if I'm looking at that roster, I'm like, wow, we've got a lot of the same issues that we did the last time that we tried to beat these guys. They've made some additions. They've got, you know, yeah, we've increased our offense, but so did they. Pasternak's playing out of his fucking mind. And I, I don't know. Like, if I'm Dubas, I'm looking at that going, like, maybe we should have done something to help us get an edge in this inevitable first round against Boston. Dubas should have pushed for Montour. So if if I'm Dubas and I knew... Brandon Montour was on the fucking table from the Ducks, who Toronto and the Ducks, for some reason, do a lot of deals together yeah, or have in the past. Yeah. Um, that's an easy top four move for me on the defensive side. And yeah. that changes the entire fucking landscape of that division in general and, like, my team in general. So, like... I would I would love to give up a guy like Nylander who isn't producing, who isn't even on the top fucking two lines right now, yep. and isn't a center, right? I'm giving up yeah. a guy like that, and I'm maybe giving up a second or third round pick for a guy like Montour, and guess what? I just made myself a fucking contender. Yeah. Right? I, and that's, that's not to say that he didn't, but... That's why I don't that's, put him as... put. That's why ultimately decided to put him as losers instead of pussies because I don't think Dubas looked at that and like he was like no I don't want to take the risk it's more of like I think he looked at that roster and he just truly thinks that yeah we can this I think this roster can compete yeah with Boston and I just I disagree with that I think right now you walk into that series I think Boston has the edge I would give it to him anyway I know a lot of people would disagree I know the the fervorous Toronto fans, like all one of them that listen to our podcast probably at this point, probably about to lose the last one. Um, there's They just, it's, they play one style, whereas Boston can adapt and move around and they even got some grit, some skilled grit. And I just don't, I don't know. It'll be close. It'll be close again, but I, I still give it to, I still give it to Boston. Uh, see, I actually disagree. So I think. 
I think if you were to do, if you were to battle Boston the way that Boston is battling other teams, mm-hmm. I think Toronto actually beats you. Um, so I think I think Rask when he's on his game, there's no tough guys good. on that team. There's not one rough guy on that team. Like you, you lay out Austin Matthews, no one's coming to fight you. No one's going to no, get in your face. But you don't do that in the playoffs. Playoffs are a whole different fucking beast. Okay? I mean, I mean you, you don't see fights. You, If you see someone get hit, guess what? The person doing the hitting is probably getting a fucking suspension. So, like, I'm not worried about as much grit. I'm worried more about heart. Um, and that's the – for me, that's the only part of Toronto that I think has less than Boston. Um you know, because I can stack, I can stack my top line the exact way that Boston does with Toronto's lineup, right? I can put Austin Matthews, I can put John Tavares, I can put Mitchell Marner on that top line, and if they just happen to click like Marchand, Bergeron, and fucking Pasternak, I think Toronto's top line is actually better. Um, oh, I agree. It's just, it's just it's just a matter of them clicking. Um, and then, and, and then, you know, you, you were to, you, you would at that point move Kadri and you would move Nylander up to that second line with a guy like Hyman I and won't do it though. That line's better than Boston's second line. And defensively, yeah. uh, Chara's washed up, right? Chara's, Chara's nobody. He's, he's not an offensive tall. presence anymore. He's he could, tall. he still plays D. He's tall. He doesn't fight because nobody wants to fight him. Right, and he doesn't hit anymore because he's not any fat. He's not fast. He can't hit anybody. He's just there as a fucking tall presence. All right, and I, I think the goal because don't even start. Don't don't even try to argue with me that the goaltending is better because it's not. I they're the same to me. No, no the no, the the, the by tandem a, by a fucking long the tandem. Time. I think Anderson and Rask are the exact same fucking goalie. Sparks. No, no, no. Rask is Rask is a better tenny than Anderson, and and the backup Sparks is useless. Ah, let's see it. Let's see their fucking stats. So, like, all right, let's let's say for a second, like, even if you're right, like, say Rask and Anderson are the same, or Rask is like even having an off game, you've got the one-two punch with Halak, who is having just as good a season, if not better. But he started to fall off, though. I, but you've got but you've got a reliable backup in the two. If one doesn't do well, you can. I mean, but that both doesn't of, matter. The backups yeah, does. do not matter in the playoffs. No, they that don't. is a hundred percent wrong. You remember? Remember when Chicago won it the they first not, time? They, they started play, with they don't play back to back games. You play Chicago won every fucking game in the playoffs. Chicago won the Stanley Cup with Anti Niemi, who was a backup all year long. Their main goalie was Huey. Huey went down in like the third, second or third game. He just wasn't playing well. They brought in Niemi and he won the cup. Right, but that's 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 banking on the fact that your starter is going to get hurt. Right? Well, or the no, only I, time that your the only time that your backup becomes relevant in the playoffs is if your starter is hurt for. A, a what if he's just of the playoffs? Well, he's just having so a shitty game. Matter. He's just sitting on the bench. He's nah, a disagree. fucking bench warmer. Disagree. He's a bench it's... warmer. Rep. Until he has to go in because the starter can't. Say you're Pekka. Say you're UC Soros sitting on the bench waiting for the inevitable fuck up that is Pekka Renee. Say you're. How about let's go to another well, team. Unta- that... 
Soros is untested in the playoffs. I'm, I, yeah, but I'm, that's my that's my point. You need a solid backup just in case your starter has an absolute shit show. Like Bobrovsky. Kolak is tested in the playoffs. No fucking way. No if, way. If Rask doesn't play well, if Rask gets, if Rask like six, go- six goals in the first game, Halak is definitely getting the start in the next game. Halak, all we know of Halak in the playoffs is that he comes in and he is the Islanders goaltender in the playoffs uh, that he's only seen with playoff hockey. I'm telling you, I've got, I've got, ba- I've got stats on my side. How about when Murray? How about when Murray came in and won the Stanley Cup for Pittsburgh when Fleury started shit in the bed? Yeah, but that's the thing. It's a complete crapshoot. It's a complete uh, crapshoot. I'm Halak saying that... Wh- never been good before this year. He's never okay, been no, good. Okay, but this is my point. You've got... when If and when Rask sucks, you can bring in Halak and trust him, whereas if and when Anderson fucks up, what are you going to bring in? Garrett Sparks? What if he is fucking Crawford? He's not, though. What if not, he is though. Antiniema? Like, what if he but, is Antiniemi? Anti Niemi had Anti Niemi had decent numbers. Matt Murray had decent numbers. All of these ah. guys had decent numbers throughout the season. Garrett ah, Sparks can't win a fucking he can't win a Sunday afternoon game against New Jersey. Uh, I think I think the playoffs is a whole different beast. You can't I agreed. The, you can't look I don't at the disagree with that. And go Halak is going to do really good things because I'm not saying that great fucking tendy in the regular I'm not saying that I'm saying you can't say that I'm not saying that I'm saying that goalie depth why goalie depth is important in the playoffs and if and when the projected starters of Rask and Anderson suck I'm gonna tell you that nine times out of ten Halak is gonna win the goalie duel battle against Sparks yeah, but that doesn't that every doesn't t- mean every that time the team is going to play the exact same in front of him. Uh, no, it doesn't. But I mean, how many games are you going to win just by heart because your backup goalie's in? Uh, I mean, we've seen that. We've seen the team play in front of Sparks. They're not. They don't play any different. And if they do, Sparks is not good enough for it to matter. I'm not saying He's, that Halak is a bad goalie. I'm saying you can't you can't base. The fact that Boston is going to for sure win against Toronto because Halak. I said they have the in. edge. Halak's not going to play until Boston is down or Tuka Rask gets hurt. Right? So he doesn't even matter until you get to that fifth game or you right. get to that game where Rask gets hurt. I, I so don't like, disagree the with that at all. It doesn't even matter. Like the backup goalie doesn't even matter because no, because it's still you're not out of the playoffs though. If Rask, it, like if it's if Anderson shits the better gets hurt, Toronto's done. They're not winning the cup. They're not, Garrett Sparks is not going to lead that team to the Stanley Cup final. I I don't think Halak's going to lead that team to the Stanley but Cup final. He's but he's, he's got not. a better. He is a start. He started more than half the games this year. He's got. He is a large part of why Boston has gotten to where they are. They're second in a division. That's yeah. I mean, no one's going to catch Tampa Bay, but they're second in a division. That's pretty good. And they're and they're. I mean, they're neck and neck with Toronto right now. Like they're. I'm, but how I'm many, saying how when many it comes playoff games, has he won? Halak. I don't know. How many playoff games has he won? 
uh, he st- you know, he had that great series against Washington back in the day with Montreal. Uh, he had mixed success in St. Louis. And then I think he went from St. Louis just to the Islanders. I'm, I'm doing it off the top of my head. I don't know. but in, in 30 games, in 30 playoff games, in seven, eight years of playoff hockey, and that's five seasons of playoff hockey for him, he's mm. won 13 games. 13 in 30. He's not even at a 50%. There's so a like, lot of guys. Fuck, Henrik Lundqvist has been playing hockey that. for a thousand years, and he still hasn't won a cup. Yeah, he but probably he, won't. He's, he's done more than one fucking season of good stats. For sure. Halak, but... is, Halak is not a good goalie. Okay, and, and you can't you can't base like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say I know for sure if Halak goes into a game in the playoffs for Boston, they're winning the fucking cup. Like I'm never no. gonna say that. But Same I'm going to say Sparks. that Sparks I'm gonna, have no. two fucking good games because Anderson went down in game two games, five. Two, ga- two games in a seven-game series. Yeah, Halak could do the same thing. No. He's, he's, <sighs> he's the same goalie. No, he's not. Sparks no, has zero playoff he's... wins. Halak is old as fuck. And Tim Thomas never... won the Stanley Cup goddamn near 40. Who? With Boston. Who? Tim Thomas. Yeah, that's a whole other goalie. I'm All I'm telling you is you can't look at Halak's regular season stats and say, because he was good for one fucking regular season this year with Boston, he's going to come in and fill in for Tuca and they're going to win a fucking cup. No way. You, you, there's no way you can guess that. There's no way that you he is, can... Okay, you're saying that he's the best... statistics and say that he's going to win. There's no way. No, I'm not saying it's a guarantee. I said that be, it's a factor that, that because of the goalie depth, that's like, like we went down the line. We went offense, defense, and goalie. And we, we disagreed minorly on the other stuff, but I'm like this... To me, it's no contest. The goalie depth chart and the goalies available, if... When 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 tu- when Tuka Rask and Freddie Anderson skate up to center ice and punch each other so hard they give each other concussions, and Yaroslav Halak has to square off with Garrett Sparks in the second game of a seven-game series, I-, I mean maybe Sparks can steal one, maybe, but I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give it nine times out of ten to Halak. Based He's- on. Regular based on, season merit. Based upon... No, based upon his track record. The only success Garrett Sparks has had is in the AHL. But you're, but you're, but at the same time, you're arguing that someone like Anthony Emmy can come up and be that winner. So Anthony Niemi... Out of just nowhere, come and be that fucking winner. Anthony Emmy had season experience, and he's been in the league for a while... And he did decently well in the season. Like when Huey needed a rest, Niemi could be trusted to come in and be a good. Like he was. I mean, it was arguably a one-two punch. Like truly, because Huey was slightly better until the playoffs started. When Huey, I want to say Huey did get hurt. I think that one wasn't because he started sucking. I think Huey did get hurt. But in any case, like he's the the track record was there. 
Sparks literally has not... I, I would bet money right now that Sparks doesn't even have a winning season in the NHL. Niami's first season in the NHL, he played, he played 141 minutes. He had a 3.4.864. Right? He comes in, plays... He plays 2,100... So he plays 39 games the next season. He's a .912. That's really good. That's that's sparks. That's fucking sparks. No. So I okay. I'm not. I'm not saying this is this is just me being devil's advocate because I okay. agree. I think Halak is actually a better goalie. But you can't. You you cannot in the playoffs, especially say because he has had more success this regular season that he's going to go in and win them this fucking game. No, he could I, fold tomorrow. I, he's, no, I agree. He's not any good. He's not a good goalie. Neither is Sparks. I They're disagree. Both fucking trash. No, I disagree. Halak? I he's not I'm not saying he's terrible. I'm not saying he's great. I'm not There's saying There's a reason that, he's in Boston. There's a reason he's not with the Islanders anymore. He's not a good goalie. There was nothing he wrong played, with played he played good this year. The Islanders had no defense. That team was awful. Like they, they, they have should almost be almost the same exact defense this year as they did last year with Halak and Net. Right. I like I well th- no, did anyone predict the Islanders winning their fucking division this year? Did anyone predict the goalie tandem anyone, of Lane? Did anyone predict Tuka Rask going down and Halak coming in and putting up a point nine two four? No, no, it's the exact same question. No, it, it exactly. That's my what? point. Like, look at look at nobody could have predicted that Garrett Sparks or not Garrett Sparks. How about Lehner in Greece? In like they've become a perfect goal. And again, okay, well we could. How about the island? Say the Islanders take on the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm not saying front end defense and defense and offense. I'm not going to compare that. But goalie, I'm going to say that the that the Islanders have deeper goaltending, and I would tr- like say because I mean that's a little more harder to find. I don't know really know who the starter. Probably Leonard. Leonard would be the starter against Freddie Anderson. Say again, same scenario. They go to the center ice. They punch each other in the face. Concussions. Boom. You got Garrett Sparks versus Greece. Now I'm going to take Greece in nine games out of ten. 90% of the time. Yeah, I, well, you nine times. You don't, think, you don't think that the rest of the team is going to play to a different level? I think that they're going to try to limit shot opportunities, but Garrett Sparks is not that good. His He's got... I, I, I'm just... Uh, all right, I'm going to pull up his stats because I really want to show you what this... This kid's played two seasons in the NHL. His first oh, I, year... I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not denying, but I think Freddie Anderson is still better than Tuka Rask, to where like it'll even out a little bit. But I also think that the Toronto forwards and the oh, Toronto yeah. defense are better. Right? No, than I don't. The Boston forwards and defense. I don't so say it evens that out even more. So, no, I mean, so you I can't, you can't tell me that Tuka Rask getting hurt and Halak coming in automatically means that. No, 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 no. I'm saying that Freddie there's Anderson was to also get hurt. I'm saying that the depth is there for if the worst happens, you can rely on your backup more than Boston can rely on their backup more than Toronto can. So, do I think Halak versus Freddie Anderson he'll win? No, Freddie Anderson is a better goalie than Yaroslav Halak. But if Sparks goes in against Rask, I mean it's it's basically a sweep in my opinion. Sparks is uh, uh, Rask is a thousand times better goalie than Garrett Sparks. That's yeah, my so, point. I mean, all all you're arguing then is that if no matter what if your happens, main goalie, like seven. 
<laughs> no. I mean, all I'm you're saying, saying is going to seven at that point. No, if if it's Rask versus Anderson, yeah, that could go seven. But what I'm saying is like, it, so Rask goes down. It's Halak versus Anderson. Yes, I think Anderson has has the advantage in that, but it's closer than it would be if it's Sparks. Like Anderson goes down, Sparks comes in and has to duel Tuka Rask. Then that's it's not that's not a close match. That's very one sided, and it's and I the, the the result of the game would show. Yeah, I mean that's that's easy. That's easy to. Well, that's what I've been saying this whole fucking time. No, it's not. You were saying if both Tuka Rask and Anderson went down, Halak versus Sparks would be Hul- a fucking sweep. That's this is Halak, true. Nine times out of ten. Nine yeah. times out of ten. Wow. Sparks. Jesus. Sparks spoken has played. By, Sparks spoken as a true fucking Red Wings fan. Oh my god. You know Sparks, if, if Mrazek Sparks... went up against fucking. Oh, Mike don't even Richter, dare. Don't dare. Mrazek don't you dare. Would just fucking come out of it nine times out of no. ten. Do not. You could ask anyone that knows me. I I did not like Mrazek since his third season with the Red Wings. He needed to go. I always wanted Jimmy Howard to come back from injury and play like he could. And Mrazek was always supposed to take over that starting role. He never did. So, in any case, I'm going to end with this, and then we got to move on to the we we got to move on to the ballsy uh, ballsiest and pussies, and then we got to we got to end this. We're getting real long. Uh, Garrett Sparks has played two seasons in the NHL. First year, he played 17 games. He went six and nine with a overall of 3.02 goals against average. When Toronto this year, was shitty. Okay, continue. This year, he's played 13 games. He's seven and four with a two point eight six goals against average and a save percentage of point nine zero eight. How many of those games were when Austin Matthews was out? How many of those games were when Jake Gardner was out? You don't. I'm not saying know. that there's not. I'm not saying there's not intangibles. I'm saying that if you're a starting goaltender, regardless of the situation, you're going to put up better numbers than that. It's like it's people. It's like the it's like the argument of if is Corey Crawford a good goalie or not? You know, like obviously a biased Blackhawks fan is going to be like, uh, look at the fucking cup rings, bro. But you know, you look at his stats, which are kind of pedestrian in a sense. You know, yeah, there's gonna it's going to depend on when Chicago's not like obviously his last two years have not helped his overall percentages, but. <laughs> But, I mean, you know, it just depends on how you measure success. And I'm looking at these numbers like he's got no positive numbers. Like this year, yeah, he's got a 7-4 and four record. Technically, he's a winning goalie. Well, I mean, yes. But your but argument even in those Antony Emmy coming in, and he had played just as many games as Sparks at this point when he took over, mm-hmm. and his numbers weren't much better. So, I mean, what I'm getting at is it's the playoffs. Anything can fucking happen. You're right. You're 100% right. A guy like Corey Crawford, a guy Mm. like Halak can have a great season. A guy like Sergei Bobrovsky can have a great fucking season, and they can get into the playoffs, get into that big time, and they can shit the fucking pool. Absolutely. You just, you just never, you just don't know. My opinion is coming from just playing the odds. I'm going to say, I'm going to say most of the time, in a in a Halak versus Sparks battle, Halak is going to walk away more with more wins than not. 
That's what I'm saying. I'm not. Could is it total? It, 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 you're right. It's the playoffs. Anything could happen. Fuck. Sparks could go down too, and they bring in the third string goaltender uh, from the from the Marlies, and he could walk. He could run table against Rask. You know, it, yeah, anything can happen in the fucking playoffs. I'm just playing the odds at the moment, looking at both season and playoff experience. Oh, I can't wait for both Tuca and Anderson to go down. And, <laughs> and Halak lets in fucking eight goals a game. I just can't wait. Yeah, and then Toronto loses 9-8 because they have no defense and no goaltending. Fucking Boston doesn't have the second line of scoring. They got Charlie they do Coyle now. out there. Coyle. Charlie Coyle? Are you kidding me? Come on. Car- Coyle, DeBrusque, it, d- don't make me a Boston defender because I'm really not a huge fan of that team. But I just... Uh, it's, You're going to it, pick Coyle, Krejci, and DeBrusque over Hyman, Kadri, and Nylander? I don't think I think that's their third line, honestly. But point made. No, that's a point. That that's good. No, I'm not saying that that their their second line is technically Matthews with Casper Kapanen and somebody else. And no, I'm not. I mean, you've got it's a Pittsburgh situation where you've got two of the best players in the league on the same team, and whatever line that they're on is going to be fantastic. I'm just saying that. I don't think Matthews. It's we, we could get it. We're, we're getting into a. We'll, we'll talk about it when we can get to that playoff. Let, let's move on. Let's move on. We're back on the deadline. Trade deadline. Was okay. Shit anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I wish, Garrett, I wish Garrett Sparks was traded for fucking Yaroslav Halak. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay, we're round, we're rounding out at two hours and thirty minutes here. We got to we got to wrap this I up. Know. Well, we knew it was gonna be long. That's true. We we did say that it was gonna be longer. Okay, so ballsiest team. We're I mean we already alluded to it. It's Columbus. They've got they've got the most to gain, but the most to lose. I'm not saying they're winners because you still don't know. Like all of this is unproven and untested. But goddamn, what a hell of a ride. I can't wait to see what happens. They're probably they're probably going to get swept in the first round. For all uh, uh, <laughs> I think just on even even if there's no chemistry, I think the raw talent alone will get them through the first round. But just depends who they play. Yeah, that's it's true. If they're really if they're looking at a, they if they're looking at a Tampa in the they're first round, anyways. I mean, yeah. you could be you could be the second best team in the league. You play the, Tampa, you're fine. The only way that I think you could knock out Tampa is is a is a Vegas situation last year so like Tampa has two really tough first and second rounds like they're you know that first wild card is actually tougher than everybody suspected and takes them to like six or seven games and then that second round you're going to play the winner of Boston Toronto that's yeah. going to be a fucking slog and the the only way is they'll make the conference final and they're just dead and you've got a team from the you've got a team from the metro that just walked everyone and I, I think that's that's the only scenario because and that and that's an unlikely one. Like their first round, most likely they're going to play the wild card. They're going to play the wild card, and it's going to fucking sweep them. Whatever team limps into that last wild card is they they can't do it. Yeah, Carolina, Carolina versus Tampa, like that's not happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Carolina barely goes one line deep. Yeah, so that's not. That's not uh, that's not it. So Columbus, obviously, the ballsiest team 
of the deadline. We love yeah, we it. We love it. We love it. Yep. And you know what? I, like I said, uh, I, I'll hold torch for them. Great team. Uh, I, I'm ex- If they win the cup, as long as it's not over one of my favorite teams, uh, I I will be happy for the for Columbus and the organization. Yeah, I I would love to see them do well. I'd love to see them. I'd I'd love to see it get to the point where you know they all just go fuck. You know we got a shot next year, even if they don't at, get the at, you know lift the hoist the cup. Right. At bare minimum, they need to win a playoff round. At bare yep, minimum, I agree. Yep, they got to get to the second round, and then there's a good chance they can keep all three of those fucking unrestricted free agents at that point. So, yep. All right. Do we want to name any it. other ballsy teams? No, I think that's the ballsiest team. That's the teams dragging their nutsack all over the fucking ground. I agree. All right. I love it. So, two panty wastes. What? Panty waste? Pansy? Pussy? Mm. Nothing? Okay. Ever heard that? Um, um, so I wrote down, and I, I'm firm in this first one, not so much in the second one. For, I'm firm in this one. Carolina. Yeah. Biggest pansies of this deadline. are You know, with the roster that they've got, can they make a push for the playoffs? It seems like they are, and I said that they were going to. I'm pretty happy about that pick. Um, but... I, I think they, they they I think they're destined now after not doing anything at the deadline they're destined for a first round exit regardless of who they play and I I honestly think that you know what maybe it went like if you're gonna play Tampa in the first first round no it maybe didn't wasn't gonna make a difference but at least try like do something you know maybe get maybe try to get the second wild card spot. So you play the Islanders or something, like a realistic matchup. But instead they stood pat with the team that they've got, which will maybe get in the playoffs, especially with how bad the team is, or the teams are. But I just don't see them beating anybody that they play. I think Pittsburgh is going to, yeah, Pittsburgh's not going to miss. And I think Columbus just got way better. So I think Carolina actually drops out to where they just they don't they're not they're not going to scare yeah, anybody. Yeah, there is that. Too, I just don't. Yeah, they're not going to scare anybody. And so that's why I'm I saying think, they could have made a push. They could have tried yeah. to add some firepower, maybe some you know something, and you know make a go of it, generate some excitement. You know, build on this Don Cherry shit. Like, there's already a lot of excitement around the team at the moment. Like. Try to keep it going. Like, even if you have an exciting first-round exit, like, it's better than what you're destined for at the moment, which is, you know, like you said, you, you believe they won't even make the playoffs, so. Yeah, I don't I think they're out. So, there you go. So, I just, I don't know. I think they stood pat. I, you know, they weren't sellers, which makes sense because they are doing well, but I, I think if they had some nuts on them, they could have made a trade or two and tried to shake things up a bit, and they just didn't. Like, they've got, they've got decent talent. Especially bringing in Nino Niederreiter, another great fucking trade from the Minnesota Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, Good job, Minnesota. Yep, they could have done something, and they just they just didn't. Yeah, I think I think for me, um, I'll even I'll I'll just go to the West Coast. So I mean, yeah, Carolina's pussies for me. Um, Colorado made one trade, but I think they should have been a lot more active because. I mean, even their beat reporters, even Colorado's fucking reporters that follow the team around, 
straight up are asking this team, like, do you have the depth to go anywhere? Right. And everybody on the team even's like, ah, you know, I, I these guys are great. Um, you know, they they needed to do more than just Derek Broussard. So, um, yeah, I think they needed to bring in a guy, say, even like Dezingle, where it's not a huge trade, but it's someone who can really fucking, you know, make a move with that kind of stuff. Um, if I knew Granlin was on the fucking table, I would have made some moves for him. But, yeah, Colorado's on the outside looking in right now, uh, getting getting pushed by a couple teams. Arizona and Vancouver, super, super random, but, you know, they could squeak in. Um, and I think, I think Colorado's a team that needed to kind of – define who they were and they just they brought in Derek Brassard which is good but they needed to do a little more so I I mean I would I would consider them pussy they just at that didn't point. yeah they didn't want to take that risk yeah, where like they, you know like I'm not exactly. gonna I'm not gonna write them off as losers like if they stay where they are like they they are what they are and I don't think that there's any expectations on them to do any better than what they are but like you're right you know they could have tried to make some more depth moves other than Brassard and try to do well like especially with how shaky the West Coast, the Western Conference is. Like, you know, like with that first line, all you needed was some competent depth, and uh, you probably could have gotten a first-round upset maybe, you know? Yeah. Like it's possible. So, yeah, I I could buy that. I could buy that. I'm not – go ahead, sorry. Oh, I mean, mean, yeah, Colorado Minnesota are probably, you know, but we already already talked about Minnesota a little bit. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, Minnesota's the losers. I'm not – I'm not saying Minnesota's the pussies because I think I think going the, the route of like you know they tried to make trades they're just yeah. bad trades. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean West West is still pretty wide open. I mean there's not too many teams that are really pushing for it. I think Vancouver and Arizona, Vancouver, Arizona and Chicago still kind of have a shot. Um, yep. but yeah, Colorado's right there and they didn't do anything to really shore themselves up. Um, and that scares me a little bit. So, yeah. And they, you know, Broussard's a decent trade, but they needed to do more. So. I agree. Okay. And then the runner-up on here, maybe, maybe if I make a good case, I can sway you this way. But I'm going to say St. Louis. I like what St. Louis did, though. Okay. So, I, you know, I O'Reilly think... basically said, like, this is the team. We've known we've had the team. We just didn't click for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're clicking. And I okay. actually, I like what they did. So I actually, St. Louis is one of those teams where I like what they did. I don't think they needed to make, I think they have the pieces. Um, I'd love to see them put a D in there, but I really think like uh, Dunn's really coming to his own a little bit, um, you know, and, and if you got fucking Binner back there, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so, Binner's playing well. Yeah, I, I just, I actually like what St. Louis did, so I wouldn't call them pussies. I would say... You know that's it. They're not they're not the capitals of last year, but you like to see a team that does that where they believe in the players that they built. Uh, now that they're now that they're clicking, obviously it makes it a lot easier to accept their fate. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's a that's actually a scary team for me. I think they do have the pieces. Um, you know they just they didn't make any moves at the deadline, which I'm completely fine with. I think bringing in a D would have helped. Uh, but it's not going to be a detriment to a team that's gone eight one and one in their last fucking ten. So no, it's not. It's not bad. I, and I don't. Th- no, they're playing amazing right now. Let's. That's not a reflection on that. I do it in the sense that how I weigh all of this. Like you've got a team that has most recently made a push. You're the hottest team in the NHL. 
eh, probably even after losing, even after going off of the 10 game, 11 game winning streak, you're still one of the hottest teams in the NHL. You know, the games that you have lost are real tight. It's good. I, I, th- I like, I understand the idea of like, oh, you don't want to bring in somebody and throw off the chemistry. I, I get that. But if the chemistry is really strong, all you can do is benefit from bringing in somebody that fits it right. Like, no, you don't need, I'm not saying like for shits and giggles, they go pick up Milan Lukic. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But, like, you know, if you if you truly believe in your team and you're like, look, we everything is clicking now. Like, we, we, we are all in on this. Like, and especially with the position that they're in, I don't know. I feel like, I just feel like they should have made some sort of move other than Michael Delzato to, to like, make a push. Because I, I, I love what they're doing right now. They've done a great job pushing their way into the central. But that being said, again, it's kind of like a Toronto situation where I'm looking at it and I go, all right, you know, unless we have a slide and we fall back into the wild card, we're playing either Winnipeg or Nashville. And then you've got to take an honest look at your roster and you're like, do we have the pieces necessary to beat this game, beat this team in a seven game series? And I know they're hot. I, I know it. Like, I just don't. I don't know in a playoff, like playoffs change everything. And I don't know, like you look at it from front end with the stuff that Nashville added. I'm going to give it to Nashville. Defense, I'm going to give, Everybody's. I'm definitely giving, what's that? Everybody's going to give that to Nashville though. There you go. I mean, but go down the line though. Look at defense. I'm going to give defense to Nashville. They've got one of the deepest decors in the league. And then... Not not trying, really not trying to start another argument, but goalie goalie situation as well. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm gonna take the tandem of Rene and Soros over Binger and Jake Allen any fucking day. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, Delzato's actually kind of sneaky. I think he's actually a better player than he's been given the opportunity. Uh, oh, I so, do I mean, agree he, with that. He's a good he's a good fifth or sixth D. So. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think they should they should have brought somebody in. They should, I, I just don't think too many D moved. You know, to where like that defenseman that they would have needed to really push them over the edge was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you know, I maybe he would have pushed for Chicago a little more. I think Anna, th- you know, that's another team Montour would have been a great addition for. In my mind, a a ballsy move for them would have been to get rid of Jake Allen and bring in another, like a solid backup or maybe even like a mentor to Binger. Well, but I mean, Allen, Allen has been good in the past in the playoffs. Yeah. So that's I, a good point. I don't hate hanging well, on to him. But. Most recently he has decent playoff. He, his playoffs history is mixed, but you're right. The, the last time he was in, he played pretty well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Central is fucking scary right now. I mean, they're they're holding. Five yeah, I'm not eight spots. So don't don't <laughs> take my don't take my inclusion in there as like a oh they're gonna lose like the, St. Louis is a fantastic team and with the way they're playing at the moment and I mean I'll even benefit of the doubt Nashville and Jets are trending downward at the moment. They're not playing the best hockey they could. I think with these newest moves, and then when you get into the playoffs, though, I think they'll switch things on and go back to being the top teams that they are. Whereas St. Louis, I think, is firing at 100% at the moment. And I just don't think that 
that's going to carry over to the playoffs. I think, I, I think a, a, a all cylinders firing Nashville team or an all cylinders firing Jets team are just going to be better than than this. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, I understand that the blue the Blues been playing so well, but yeah, and if that's at that you know on that along those same lines, you don't want to give anything up if you know Winnipeg and Nashville in your own division are going to fucking smoky anyways. Yep. So I, I yeah I don't I don't hate not making a move, um, but yeah I mean you you want to see a little more from those kind of teams that <coughs> not that St Louis is on the bubble, but you know for them to beat a Nashville or Winnipeg. They probably had to bring in someone like Stone, and that's what I and that's what I say. Like they could have, they're in a position where they could they could have made one of those moves, and it would have been ballsy as fuck. And I'd be like, I respect that. Like I can, you know what? This team at the beginning of the season was supposed to be where it is now, and you're just like, you know what? Right on schedule, not a problem. And then you bring in somebody like Stone or a Simmons or something like that, just to you know, sure up. Sure up stuff for the playoff run. Let your players know that you're serious. Yep. I think yeah. that that's... So maybe my classification there is because they're doing too well. Like, they're doing so well that I expected them to, to you know, sack up and go into the playoffs and be like, you know what? We're fucking, you know, we're going to add a piece or two, and we're going to make a run at this. Yeah. Yeah, but they I don't know. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for playoffs. We've got fucking 20 games left. I'm ready. We do. Let's do it. I'm fucking stoked. We've got... Yeah. So, we, yeah, trade deadline in the books. Um, Fuck, shit. Two hours and 45 minutes later. Fuck. I mean, that's, that's a good episode. Right. Uh, if you're a first-time listener, we promise these aren't this long. Uh, this no, is, this is exceptional. We had a trade deadline episode. We usually... This is not the standard format of our stuff, too. We usually talk about NHL Seattle and whatnot um beforehand and then even talk about fantasy stuff but i think we're gonna gloss over fantasy yeah i think we call it and go to bed sounds good all right ladies and gentlemen uh thanks for listening as always uh please like comment share all of our stuff subscribe to us on itunes spotify or whatever your podcatcher is uh fuck do we got anything else no i mean you even got a little fucking heat on this episode like, yeah, we usually we had, agree on a lot of shit. We usually agree on basically everything, so that was yeah. that was pretty good. I don't mind that at all. Yeah. Now virtually we, we threw some fists. I know. We're gonna have to. I think in future episodes we're gonna have to bring on a third person, and we'll pay them just to disagree with us. <laughs> just to disagree. Good for them. Like it. Like we've just, <laughs> we just got just got one guy that's on there. We're like, you know no. what? This <laughs> is an absolute. We're just like, you know what? This Grandland Friella trade is absolute dog shit, and they're just like. You know what? I think Granlin's dog shit. This is the best trade in the fucking entire day. I th- <laughs> it's like, are you <laughs> fucking kidding trade. me? <laughs> get get off! Shut the <laughs> fuck up, dude. Fiala is gonna Fiala's gonna put up he's, fifty points. He's a, he's a hundred and twenty point dude. <laughs> first line, he's gonna be skating with Parisi. <laughs> he's the first line, dude. Is, oh, Parise? Think of the past, Fiala. That's all. That's his team now. Resigning, resigning him for for an eleven and ten right there. Oh, God, an eleven, an eleven by shit. ten. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, they're like, he's like Grandland. We're not even going to crack the. He, they're going to let him walk to free agency. <laughs> he's done. He's going to somehow guys tie in Toronto. They somehow find a way to sign him. 
Okay, well, money. all right. I do want to. I do want to swoop in to our old argument and do it. None of that matters. The goalies doesn't mean anything because Toronto still has Jake Garnier, and because of that, they will lose. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely gonna go minus nineteen. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's fucked, dude. So uh, wait, wait, Garrett Sparks wait. has a fifty save. <laughs> period. And Gardner's gets, still like minus eight. The <laughs> Toronto gets a shutout, and he's still minus eight. <laughs> uh, it's like right, I don't even know how that. you. I don't even know how you did that. <laughs> let's, end, <laughs> let's end on Gardner being shit again. All right, sounds it's good. Trash. Thanks, everybody. We will talk to you next week.